You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
All right. Um, it's a Monday. Happy Columbus Day. Unless you're a Native American. And then, I'm sorry about what happened to your people. Caribbean, too. He really ran roughshod over everything. Well, a lot of time, a lot of the damage they did was with their dicks. Uh, obviously, they did take some people home or slaves or prisoners, however you want to put it. Yeah, but I mean, they were going back to Europe. I mean, that's kind of... You uh, you heard bad stuff about Columbus when you went to school, or did you hear good stuff? I actually heard good... Like, I still got the, he discovered America. You're about two or three years from the, we're turning it bad. Backlash. Yeah, the uh, they turned on Columbus with the kids. And then all of a sudden your kids come home and they say to you, why do we have a Columbus Day? And you're like, it's fucking great, you know. Day off! Yeah, the <laughs> Nina, Penta, the Santa Maria. For some reason, that's like the, they nailed, like, why those boat names were so important to little kids. But they were like shoving it down. Oh, it's like fun to say, the Nina, the P, and the Santa Maria. But they would say, like, that would be, the, this is coming up on the test, you better be ready for this. <laughs> I remember, like, writing that as an answer, so young that I still was making the S backwards. <laughs> they were like, okay, you're right, but I'm still going to put a red thing on here because you just haven't worked out your S's yet. Gotta lay off. Uh, they focused hard on Columbus when we were younger. Uh, by the way, you knocked chairs over here dancing around the thing to Real Big Fish. Skanking, man. Come on, fucking. Yeah. This is this is the f music of my high school years. Um, Those mid to like late 90s when, when Scott blew the fuck up. Third wave Scott, as they call it. It was... Um, the tiniest wave I think that you can imagine because it came in hard but it, there was no sustainability to it no but I saw a uh, real big fish on the beach to a free show one time with like 6,000 people just fucking losing it Hell they were yeah. just having the time of their life I go to a real big fish show today I'd lose it um the house band and basketball got all of that it looks like, uh, when I'm looking on the feedback here on the playlist, too, you're batting over 80%. There's some people, uh, obviously, that Scott just takes the wrong way. Come on. It's such a it's, it's a fun musical genre. It is fun. And it's been around and, for a long time. Like Sky was fucking before reggae in fucking Jamaica. Sky's great. But the funny thing about that uh, Sky in the 90s, finally it was a chance for the high school band kids... <laughs> <laughs> to take their talent somewhere From out of the marching players. band. Yeah. We're getting fucking so, yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and wearing sunglasses and fucking fedoras. Yeah, and vests. Yeah. <laughs> Every ska band basically looked the same, which I guess, you know, you have to do. It's all part of the style. But it's fun, man. People don't get it. I'm glad, though. I'm glad uh, people in the iBang are fucking loving it. There are. The there are some people digging in a big way. And, uh,. Um, here's one uh, only criticism two cover songs well you gotta give something for everybody too give some love dog Jesus he's gotta put the covers out there for the people who ignored Scott they could at least go at least I know this song gotta hook them and every every Scott band did a weird cover song sure yeah you know every uh, Scott band that, that would make a good box sometime that we just do Scott bands and their odd cover song. <laughs> All right, extra points if you remember Save Pharisees. No, I, I believe that was Come On Eileen. Oh, yes. Um, all right, 866 Ron Zero Fez, 866 Ron Zero Fez. Fantastic uh, night of.
baseball last night. Big Poppy uh, basically hitting a natural home run where the <laughs> fucking center fielder is flying. Right, there's, there's a cop there. The catcher makes the grab in the bullpen. It was all just really great. And for the people of Boston to have that right after Tom Brady's really what a you know Amazing. finally I feel like they've got that terrible marathon thing behind them yeah and it is their fucking CD once again because uh, that was like because I'm looking at this I'm like this is going to be the end of the Red Sox they're not going oh. to be able to to come back they're fucking being Shut out again. And... I was ready to turn it off. I mean, they were fucking being dominated. Just totally fucking, just like 21 scoreless innings or something. It was crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, this team can't fucking hit. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're, They've yeah. ruined everything. The Detroit's fucking pitching is the most dominant thing in fucking the history of baseball. Yeah, nobody could hit those guys. Uh, and then you get that incredibly uh, classic. Th- oh, is that... Is that up on the iBank fence? Yeah. Now, do you see the catcher? Watch the bullpen catcher. He doesn't get out of the crouch and catches the fucking home run. Sick. It's the most amazing thing. Play that even back a little bit. And this is the natural. There, he's going up. He's going over the fence. The catcher stays in the crouch, leans up and catches it. A cop is sitting there. He throws the <laughs> thing up. They finally beat the Bombers. That's amazing. Boston. Seriously, that is so fucking ridiculous that it belongs in the natural. It may be the greatest catch. <laughs> in f- a, a catcher catches the grand slam ball in the crouch. I don't think anyone could write that up. Um, it's impossible. I mean, looking at that game last night to see how it fucking ends, it's a mo- it's a movie ending. Like this mm-hmm. is the, this is the end of the fucking movie where the guy hits the grand slam to tie, and this crazy and it's, just throw this crazy shit in any- anyway. The only thing that would have been better if they had the photographers on in the field, three feet away, <laughs> like for some reason they did in the natural. <laughs> like, why are those guys so close? It was back in the day. They you know, oh, it wasn't back in the day. They never did that. They only did it in the natural. They all lie when they make movies. That catch is uh, online under bullpen. Catcher makes amazing catch well, on the great. wire. That's a, a great headline, too. And look at the cop. That's just so fucking classic. Yeah. I don't know how anyone um, can't love baseball when you see something like that. There's no other sport that you're going to see something that ridiculous. Um, madness. Madness all uh all around. Um, obviously, one of the big outside of the sports, but everybody runs with it story was AP and his uh, son being killed uh, a day or two uh, before the game. Um, well, this was a weird thing in the New York Post today. Phil Mushnick uh, just slams. Adrian Peterson. A couple of things that he did. Uh, I guess he had a problem uh, with the fact that all the news stations, and they all wrestled with how are we supposed to present this horrible story. And they normally did it for a second or two in the beginning and maybe uh, a couple seconds at the end of the show to say, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers with AP. Yeah. They, you know, throw a th- couple things. Um, 
Moshnik had a problem with that because his headline is, being a great player doesn't make Peterson a great guy. Uh, he takes the time to run through some of the stuff, you know, that he's been busted for um, you know, speeding yeah. or some a yeah. couple of ridiculous things. Might got a DUI or something. Uh, yeah, something scrambled around outside of a nightclub before. Yeah. Um, but also then he he puts this up. Um, That he would have never played in that. He doesn't understand how the fact he goes, uh, the fact that a Peterson just said that he was ready to roll, ready to play, and he wrote about himself. Me, I'd be fighting for breath, my knees weak with grief, demanding them to know why, who, how. Um, then he would seethe with rage, uh, and he think he'd take off a day or two from work. Maybe a week. So his big problem was that AP went and played. Did yeah. not have the normal reactions that a person would have. Yeah, take some time for yourself, I guess. Yeah, AP had to do what AP had to do. If he wanted to fucking play football, he's going to play football. It's fucking, it's, Mushnik is the fucking pre-internet troll. And he's, what he's doing right now is fucking trolling again. Well, the other thing, too, that you have to remember is this might be one of the reasons why you're not an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> compartmentalizing is what you also have to do as an athlete. Yeah. He has to go out there and fucking earn a goddamn paycheck and fucking be Adrian Peterson for the fucking Vikings. Well, on the other side of that, we met AP and his family just a little while ago. Yeah. This is not a bad fucking dude. He seemed incredibly nice when he a came in here. A very sweet fucking person. I, I kind of agree with Phil Mushnick here. I don't think he should have played. I he, really he, don't. I found it very strange that he played. Watching some of those, uh, you know, plays on Red Zone, I thought, you know, when they thought he fumbled the ball that one play, I thought, how, if you're playing him, do you try to get the ball away from him at this point? Because you're playing a fucking game that has nothing to do with any of the outside stuff. I, I just think that if that it put so much pressure on the team, so much focus on that, that it really wasn't fair to the rest of them. He, he, he should have stayed home. You feel like the rest of them would have felt less pressure without Adrian Peterson, the MVP of the league, playing with them? You think the rest of the team would have said, oh, thank God, the pressure's off. <laughs> we don't have last year's MVP. We don't have our it's entire offense. It's fucking crazy talk. There's a couple things here that are crazy talk. Um... And Mushnik, again, I'm going to put it this way. I don't understand how you could do it. No, you don't. You don't know the focus it takes to be an athlete. In the same way that, quite frankly, I don't know how people get in rocket ships and go to the moon before we actually have computers. You know what I mean? <laughs> the fact that I don't think that, that's a, that would be a smart idea for me doesn't mean that I shouldn't look at the guy who can do it and say that's amazing. You know what I mean? That's why we have things that other humans can look at and say, that's amazing. Yeah. The fact that Big Poppy fucking hits a grand slam in the save, eighth. To save the series. Instead of shaking and being nervous and complaining that it's too much pressure for me to deal with. <laughs> Just put someone else in. Is why you end up cheering for someone. You know what I mean? That's what you want to do. The other side of this is... That what men normally do, right or wrong, is go to work. You go to work. That's what you do for your family. 
You go and make money and bring it back. I'm going to give you one more side. Adrian, uh, Adrian Peterson is a Christian. And a, in my opinion, a real Christian. He's, He's not. Devout. Yeah. He honestly believes in his soul that people, when they die, they go on to a better place. Maybe that's something that Mushnick doesn't carry around with him, and Fez doesn't carry around with him. It may be hard for you to believe that some people see Earth as being a very tough time, and in heaven things get way, way better, and actually uh, believe that. Um, Nick, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, man, I just think it's fucking bullshit that he's getting criticized for for playing the game. I mean, what else is the man supposed to do? He's taking his mind off the shit, and that is his job. He's what doing, yeah, he's doing something that he's good at, Yeah, and he's doing something that's for him and his family. I think he puts an unnecessary spotlight on the rest of his teammates. I don't think mm -hmm. it's fair to, to them. I think what you do is you treat it as, you know, if you were sick, you wouldn't come into work. But you got to understand something. His teammates are the same kind of, th of of mentality that he is. That we put the game first. We put the play first. You know what I mean? Like, most men will look at something and go, this is fucking hard, this is difficult, but I got to do it. This is what I do. Get it done. I mean, that's, I mean, all of them, I'm sure all of them have terrible fucking things happen to them and they're coming in to fucking take care of it. To fucking play football and win, or do their best to win. The Vikings aren't too good. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand how people can guess what another another person should uh, do with his uh, grief. Uh, Hard Rock Johnny, how you doing, pal? I'm good. I, I can't stand Mushnick. I, I, you know, I, I read the post and. The guy has an opinion on everything and everybody, every TV show, every radio host. How do f I, I don't get it. I, I, I wish that Adrian Peterson would just find him and just punch him in his face. Well, that's Cause, that's not going to happen. That's I know it's not going to happen because, you know why? Because Adrian Peterson is a much better person than Phil Mushnick. And, you know, to, to I don't think anybody can say what anybody else could or should do in that situation. And great, Phil Mushnick would take a week off of work. I mean, to be honest, I think if my son got killed, I'd probably need more than a week. So maybe Mushnick's a jerk off for thinking that he only would need a week off or a day. You know, it's just, and, and you know, opinions, everyone has them. They're like assholes. But What's that mean? I just, right. Everybody has an opinion, just like everyone has an asshole. At least but you have should. more than one opinion, and yeah. I, don't, I hope you're not peppered with assholes. That's disgusting. <laughs> no. Where is shit coming out of you? All Everywhere. over the place. Everywhere. Like oh. measles. Oh. Very tough to wipe, I have to say. That's the toughest part of having multiple asses, holes. Um, I, 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 I don't understand when uh, I think it's crazy to, to look over. You know, when you say to somebody when they're going through something, whatever you need, right? Then you don't turn around and say, I think, you know, <laughs> but this, this is thing you that you wanted do. to do. This is what you should do. Um, yeah. All right, thanks, Jenny. You got it, boys. Except for the confusing asshole bit. Uh, here's Luke in Florida. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys. Good morning. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to uh, see if anybody remembered when Brett Favre's dad died. He went out and had that huge day. Um, you know, I think that's kind of similar and showed that, uh, you know, when, uh, when tragedy strikes, a lot of times guys 
to get their mind off it, they go and do the thing they love, and that's play football. And not only just to get their mind off it, but to honor people that they care about. You yeah, know what I mean? This is for them. This is for them. I'm going to show you, like in the court, in the case of a dad, I'm going to show you you fucking raised me right, and now I'm going to go out there and fucking honor you and show that I'm okay. I'm doing it. You don't have to worry about me anymore. You did a good job. Fucking... I'm not going to fold like a fucking old beach chair every time something comes up. Uh, Andre, you're on the Run and Fish show. Hey, what's this guy's name? Munchnik? Yeah, Munchnik. That's it. He's a dick. Because uh, last year, Tory Smith, his brother died. He had the night of his life. No one's giving him shit about that. He crushed. I think he's just trying to pick on AP. Um, there is a thing. I mean, first of all, A does even. There was another way to say whatever you want about AP. But even bringing up past things... It was an attack, is what he fucking did. Or the fact that this is not, uh, you know, was an illegitimate kid who uh, he didn't find out about until, yeah. you know, a, a, a while ago. Whatever it happens to be. I mean, when I heard the story, it, if any fucking human hears a story about some fucking juice head beating a child we don't we can't even comprehend that kind of anger or that kind of rage well it, it, it was just insanity to a fucking a two-year-old to beat them until they die you can't even comprehend it so in a way why would it be any worse for adrian peterson than it would be for any of us why do any of us go on when we hear bad news because that's what the living are supposed to do the living are supposed to live. Um, if this is such a horrific thing, why still be a reporter? Why write about sports when there certainly are uh, much bigger issues that you could put the spotlight on? Why ever? Why ever sit around and go, why am I watching sports right now? I could be at a soup kitchen helping people out. Yeah. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON. Zero Fez. Um, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, my point on this is uh, I don't think, you know, Adrian Peterson really even cared about the kid. I mean, not that he didn't care about the kid as far as being a child or something like that, but, I mean, here it is. The kid is two years old. And like you said, he didn't even know about the kid until about three months ago. And from what I understand, he's never even seen the kid until the kid was in the hospital dying. Uh, so, I mean, again, if, you'd have Jesus. to be a horrible person to try to figure out how much he cared or didn't care about this kid. I, I, all of us felt sick and when we ever hear about it. doesn't matter if it's Adrian Peterson's kid or one of these stories you see on the news. Oh, but, You're a human being. During the show, we just heard he, on Friday, he, we just heard the kid was hospitalized. After right. the show is when it broke, when he died. And that was just the kid. Horrible. I, I was like, what the, AP why is this happening? And AP plane, flew out there. There's no one that could sit around and figure out how to judge what's, what this kid could have done or, um, or didn't do. Um, here's David. David, you're on the Run of Fest show. Uh, yeah, Ron. Yeah, I don't think I could could do my job that quickly after a tragedy like that. But I don't have the dedication these guys have. 
you know, some of them, they, they cut their own fingers off to play. AP come back from that horrible injury. Yeah. Uh, to play so quickly. I mean, they. I just don't have that dedication toward my job that they have to have. You probably to, don't have that kind of dedication and that kind of focus to anything. <laughs> that's why they are elite. You're looking at this. You're looking at an elite athlete, uh, a fighter, pilot. You know, there's certain jobs, uh, you know, those guys that will parachute into burning forest fires. Uh, guys will go way underwater, you know, guys that hang off bridges. And you're always like, how the fuck can... Because it's out of your bounds of what you're able to do with. I mean, think of how many times you see a guy go out on stage in front of 80,000 people or something. And that is most people's number one fear of being stuck out somewhere. <laughs> everyone's looking everyone's at me. Everyone's looking. <laughs> everyone's deciding whether you're doing good or not. That's why we watch these things. These are elite performers. I and think, it's up to you whether you want to be an elite performer or not. But I think it sends a mixed message when you say, I'm asking for my privacy, and then you step out on a national stage at the same time. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. You're, are you on a national stage? Yes. Do you want people standing outside of your parents' house taking pictures of your mom saying, this is the, ha this is the lady that's Fez's mom? No. You can fucking make boundaries. There's no mixed message. He doesn't owe anyone anything except for stepping out there on the fucking football field. And whatever his contractual obligation is to um, going out and saying how it feels to win and feels lo to lose. Because it's never up to them. That's part of their job. They, they have fined. to show up and say, yeah, we did everything we can, and then I threw an interception. Uh, I watched the people last week, uh, this week, all the talking head shows. Fucking rip Tony Romo after he threw for 536 <laughs> yards because his last fucking pass was a pick. Yeah. And they said, this guy doesn't have it. He threw in a, in a position where only five guys have ever done before. Five touchdowns. Now, not only, these aren't even sports announcers. I saw quarterbacks saying it. Ex-quarterback saying he's really not elite because it. that last pass after a career day, not just a career day for him, but for 99% of the guys that have ever played. Uh, is it his defense's fault for giving up 40 points? Nope. It's his fault because his last fucking pass was a pick. That's the pressure that these guys are under. That's the pressure that until they win that ring, the quarterback is going to be thought of uh, as a choke artist. So we obviously we cannot um, decide one way or another uh, which way is supposed to supposed to go. Uh, here's uh, Tim. Tim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, million bucks. Yeah. Hey, these uh, these guys spend a lot of time together, and these are their actual families. They become family members, and they'd rather be together with these guys who they spend 12 and 14 hours a day with as their family. But I, I, I think that we ought to come up with a better word than family. You know what I mean? Because we don't cut people in our family, and when people in our family get hurt, we don't step over them uh, so that we can you know, keep practicing. Uh, I, I hate when people call work family. It's a different fucking thing. 
People love calling it that, though. They, they love they because we don't have a better word oh. than say that we're closer than co-workers. Contract friends. But that's something that we should work on. Because I understand what it's like to work with someone long enough that it feels like family. And you start to care about them and look out for them like it's family. So I get that. But it's still... Something else. Yeah, it's still something else. Maybe something better, for all I know. You know? Um... Here is uh, Thomas. Thomas, you're on the Manifest Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I wanted to uh, comment on the Mushnick and AP. I mean, it's typical back-and-forth shit. All we do is complain about people that don't want to work, and now this guy's getting ripped apart because all he wants to do is compartmentalize, like you've been saying, and go do a job and earn a fucking paycheck, and we're going to tear him apart over that. It's just it's typical shit. I'm sure people would have written that he was an asshole if he didn't go to work. He was not going to escape uh, people calling him an asshole. Uh, And also, he didn't ask for any privacy matters at all on this. He just wanted to uh, go to work. Uh, Mario, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Yeah, um, this weekend I was reading an article on a news site called Media Takeout. And they were talking about how Adrian Peterson might have just found out that that was his child that passed away. Because I read yeah. some of the article. And yeah, we all like, read that article. I don't yeah. think it changes no. anything about the way AP would feel about this. It had to be a fucking incredible punch in the stomach. Um, Walker in Cincinnati, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddy. Five million bucks. Um, you had four kids, and uh, when my fourth one was born, when he was two weeks old, my oldest one, who was seven, got, like, this rare form of cancer, and she was sick for two years. She's fine now, but she was in the hospital for weeks at a time for two years. I never missed a day of work, because I had to keep the lights on. I had to keep the mortgage paid. My health insurance became more important than my Absolutely. You got a TCB, as Elvis put it, and would hand out those rings. You got to take care of business. Exactly. This is this. This would be the role that we've always thought that a guy does. Not only are you there for your family, but you got to be there for your work family. What are they now? What are you supposed to say for them? Now you guys have to do more because I'm going through something. Who who would ask for such a thing? Who would who would feel good about themselves if they said, I'm not going to be there, uh, go out and win one for me? You better be not be able to fucking drag yourself out there. Uh, when he came in, we saw how he interacted with Dave's kid. He was incredibly nice to him. Um, did the and fa- Dave wasn't. I know. And... and uh, this fucking the people bring up this sweet kid when he came in here that day. Ridiculously nice man. And they were all religious. He didn't want to ever be called Purple Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I asked him why Tebow gets all the Christian love, and he does. And he said, "I don't know," yeah. because he carries it around for the same reason all you people love Tebow. AP does the same thing, but no one, you know, no one seems to want to put the story there. No. I could only guess who cares whether a black person is religious or not. <laughs> that's just my own personal opinion. <laughs> I think that's the way the media looks at it. Um, here's Chad. Chad, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Hey, man, what's going on? You know, has anyone ever considered maybe this is his way of coping with something? I mean, when you get knocked down, if you get knocked off the horse, man, you get your ass back on that horse, you start riding again. Me, personally, if that were to happen to me, man, the last thing I want to do is go home and sit and sulk. Yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, I guess we're, I, I guess Phil's mad at him for not crying more. Um, but uh, I think what AP wanted to do is find whatever his faith is and do that he's on to a better place. And I feel 100% that he's safe in the arms of Jesus. And now I got to get in and do my thing. Just got to get it done. Just got to fucking run that ball. And unfortunately... You know, he didn't get it done. No. And you can fucking fault him for that. <laughs> that, he's wide open to your criticism. What kind of shit is that, AP? I mean, what the fuck? Everybody thought he was going to take it out. I know. I know. No. On Twitter, people are like, oh, I'm glad I'm not playing AP. I'm against my fantasy. He's going to go beast mode. Oh, Jesus, Twitter. He's going to tear that shit up. Oh, Twitter, stop and shut up. I know, like, we should all start AP, whether or not he is playing. Oh, God. Like, what? How is that going to fucking help anything? I know fantasy football players might, uh, fantasy football guys might be the worst people on Twitter of the constant attacks. Oh, stupidity. yeah. They're, 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 I don't know. They're all the worst people on Twitter. <laughs> Everyone who's on Twitter is the worst person that you could ever imagine. It's the only thing that uh, Kanye and Jimmy Kimmel agreed on is that Twitter people are really mean. I think it was totally crazy. That fucking ridiculous. They're rant. really mean to us. Yeah. Uh, but here is something that actually is good that's out there. And I'm going to bring uh, Vitz in for this. All right, Vitz, man. Because uh, Vitz is a club kid. Yeah. He works in the bars. He hangs in the bars. He loves it. He chases club girls. And this is something new, and it's up on the iBang, and I hadn't heard of it before. Uh, and it's the vagina raspberry. Oh. The vagina raspberry seems to be the big thing with the kids. Now... Beach, you know everything that the young club party people are into, right? Yeah. What is the vagina raspberry and how is it getting so big? Are you even familiar with it? Is this outside of your realm? No, I have not. I've never even seen this. All right, well, I don't know why we're over there, but let's go to this. Now, this is, is a Brooklyn Decker is giving or getting? She's giving. All right, so let's uh, pull that screen up a little higher so we can all see it. Because I've got that thing in front of me. All right, so this is Brooklyn Deck leaning into the vagina. This is up on the eye bang. Vagina. Vagina raspberry. Wait, I can, vagina raspberry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now. Oh, my God. This is a video called. Yeah, let's vagina. say it again. I mean, raspberry vagina. Vagina raspberry. Raspberry. Wait, I can, vagina raspberry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> All right. Oh. Now, in my opinion, this is one of the reasons why you don't want a camera on your phone. <laughs> You're in the back of the fucking limo, obviously. Yeah. You're all fucked up. Hey, yeah. let's do vagina raspberry. Always. Great idea. You put it on the phone. <laughs> you go, oh, let's show everybody. They're not as high as you. They're not as fucked up as you are right now. I think we all win, though. I think we all went with, uh, actually, it's, it's Chrissy Teigen giving it to Decker. I couldn't see her eyes. Okay, so I had a lie given to me right off the bat. It's Teigen giving a vagina raspberry to Decker. It's pretty hot. All right, let's see. I don't know if it's hot because I wish she wouldn't have done the raspberry sound. Vagina. Vagina raspberry. Raspberry. Wait, I can, vagina raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like how assertive she is about the name. Yeah, well, you gotta be. It's branding. Everything's about branding. I mean, Raspberry. Now, who's the famous person um, married to Brooklyn Decker? Uh, Andy Roddick, the tennis player. Do you think he's gotten both of them together? After this? Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you're gotta. right at that fucking point yeah. where it all starts. Well, she's, yeah. Isn't Chrissy Teigen married to uh, John Legend? I don't know all this stuff. Oh, yeah, she just got married to John Legend. So I'm, I'm sure there's swapping going on constantly between these two couples. If, parties. Oh, I think you're getting away their private life now. <laughs> I'm just making assumptions here for when one woman gives another woman a vagina raspberry. I mean, she was up in that shit. I mean, her face was up. Yeah, but why are you fucking... <laughs> why are you sitting around and fucking making that disgusting noise <laughs> instead of just it playing raspberry. it out? Yeah, but I don't want it to be a raspberry. Why not just say, oh, I got a fucking funny joke in the back. Go down on her. <laughs> we all fucking watch. Hysterical, right? Yeah. That's it. Good work. It's up on the eye bang. Brooklyn Dacker and Kristen T and Chrissy Teigen play vagina raspberry. Um, you're a young man out there. If you found out you lost your son, would you want to play football or no? Uh, if I was a pro athlete, yeah. I would. And if you weren't a pro athlete, let's suppose it was just a pickup game with your friends? Well, then no. Like, it's. If then it's. See, just... I still will. I, just, I have that kind of commitment. Pride. That's pride. Yeah. You go out there and you fucking, fucking put your boys in the dirt. Uh, and I belong to a, a three on three, two hand touch league. And. Nice. <laughs> I was in a DUI where two people died and still showed up at that. Oh, my God. Did you win? We we actually got tired. Good news. <laughs> One of the guys he thought he was having heart palpitations. <laughs> but the important thing is, my teammates know I was there. Yeah. And the weird thing that two people that died not were their chicks. Oh my so, god. So in in some ways, it was almost just as hard on them as it was me. Oh. Surprised that game even went on. Uh, David in Florida, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey guys. I just want to say, when I was growing up, a real vagina raspberry and something to be amazed by was when the vagina did the blowing, not the mouth. Oh, a queef. God. A queef. No, the vagina raspberry is much hotter than the queen. <laughs> the queef Can we agree? is the fucking lowest point <laughs> that you can have oh, on, on hotness. That's such a nice name, though. I love the name. Oh, it's an awful name. Well, well, we started calling you that. Just, I don't, don't call me You queen. want that, that no, to be... No, no you love queef the name. Dog. You're going to be the fucking queef dog. <laughs> Please don't call me queef. I don't like the sound of a queef. I just like QD. the word... I like the word queef. I That's like you. It. That's why we no, call you queef. queef dog. You're queef dog. Please don't call me dog the bartender. You're the fucking Kansas City queef. Don't call me queen. How you doing, my man? Uh, You're no. fucking Queen Phoenix. Congratulations on her. I should have called out today. Movie. <laughs> yeah, you should have taken today off for yourself. You fucked up, Queefster. How come you're not wearing a fucking wrestling shirt? I think this is your first day. Okay, under underneath you're wearing an NWL. Nice. You just don't have any sweaters? Huh? I just. You wear a wrestling shirt a day? That's your thing? No, I just like to wear it a lot. Yeah, and you said this is one of the few places that you get compliments. Yeah, people come up to you and say, what's up? Nice throwback. <laughs> people, there is something about radio and wrestling. It's an Im immaturity level that radio people have. Yeah. But they, and quite frankly, they're more into old school wrestling. Actually, uh, this weekend I got fucked up and watched The Rise and Fall of ECW. That's a good one. Old, no, that's, strong. that's a good little Netflix That's a gem. fucking strong one. You walk through the hallway over there, there's a CM Punk cutout like halfway from here to the kitchen. I see it every day. I'm always like, I give it a little fist pump. I wonder who put that one up. I don't know. I don't know the wrestling guys. 
Um, just one of the wrestling guys. The wrestling shows. That's your idea of knowing who your co-workers We're going to create a stable. We're gonna... Yeah, they do wrestling shows here. They do? Yeah. I didn't know that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shit you don't know. A lot of shit you never fucking figured out before, Queef. <laughs> queef, man, you got to get... Don't gotta... fucking let it get you down, Queef. I fucking hate my life. Why do you hate your life? No, you got I'm a cool joking. new nickname. Everybody likes you. You get to fucking see a CM Punk cut out. Why don't you steal it? There's no That's cameras bad. around here. That's bad. Yeah, there's nothing. Steal. That's no true. Stealing is bad. Coming up on October 28th, it's Unmask with very special guest star, the legendary Tim Conway, uh, legendary comedian and television star from The Carol Burnett Show. It's Unmask with Tim Conway. I can't wait for this one. Go to the iBang to be part of the studio audience. October 28th, that's a Monday, and you need to be here by 3 o'clock for Tim Conway Unmasked. What's his new book about? It's a, it's a memoir. A what? A memoir. <laughs> you said memoir. <laughs> he does About know. the Jaguars. That's uh, it. Yes, it's, we know. Go ahead, live read. Sorry. It's, uh, why, are you sorry? Why, are you, why are you sorry? What man says sorry and then goes back into it? Just do it. It's uh, called My Hysterical Life. By Tim Conway. Who cares? Let's try to, you know, all be on the same page here. No one's got to be sorry today. We're all fucking big boys. Fucking Hicks, yeah. Queef, you, me. We're all fucking big boys. Why? Everything's happening. Pipsy. Pipsy's a big boy. We're all big boys today. The Pipster. Queef man. <laughs> That's fun. Um... Here's Tony in Chicago. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, uh, I love you guys. Love the show. And, uh, and I want to comment on uh, uh, AP. I, I, people say they, they can jump on board and, and say what he should have or shouldn't have done and his thought process. Nobody knows his thought process. Me and my boy C-Dub were talking just a minute ago about It's like saying, uh, if I were a woman, you can't say that. A man cannot say, if I were a woman, I would do this or that. That's a very good fucking point. You know what I mean? Like, we all do that without knowing. Like, you easily can go like this. You know, if I was a Puerto Rican coming into this country, how do you know what you would do? I'd definitely move to the Bronx. Like, that's just that's just the first thing I would Step do. Step one. I would go around fucking wearing a t-shirt that said I'm not Dominican. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is a really good point that we do not know what's going on in the other person's thing. And why look at somebody who's fucking stronger than you and then make the decision of, ah, you shouldn't have went to work. (laughs) That was the wrong decision, dude. People love just judging. They just want to fucking judge. I don't think you have much of any other decision to do other than show up. Yeah, you have to take care of the things you have to take care of in your life. And these fucking guys, this is, like, it's not a job. It's their life. It's this every they've uh, I had a friend who was a therapist who hates when people say that. So they said when you say that you like if a person says I'm a banker or I am an insurance agent, yeah. that's one of the worst things that they can do. You have to think of it as I'm a person who just happens to be working in this field because a lot of us when we lose our jobs, then we feel like we lose our identity. Yeah, but I mean but 
when you have that job, isn't it saying that you are a banker? Going, I think I feel like having that mindset is going to make you a pretty good fucking banker. Yeah, but making you a pretty good banker doesn't make you a pretty good person. <laughs> so I was using the argument of this, like, no, I actually am my job. You know what I mean? Like, my job is to be me. <laughs> they, how's that mind fuck, dude? Huh? <laughs> and they, and she was like really, like locked into the thing that is the worst thing that you can do. To yourself, but but I agree, I would be more agree with you. I, I think people like to say, "I'm a fucking painter. That's what I do." Good, and that makes it my thing. What are you supposed to say if you don't say that? Just like I'm a Sagittarius, like just. No, you would say in your case, you would say, "I'm queef. That's <laughs> who I am." Whether I happen to be queef at the bar, queef on the air, everywhere I go, you are a queef. I'm the embodiment queef. of queef. Yeah, that's embodiment your thing. Queef. Um, that's that's your thing. You found yourself as Queef, Queef. Uh, Bob, you're on the Run and Fez show. Ronnie B, million bucks. Million. Hey, uh, that uh, new Queef is a home run. As a matter of fact, is there any possibility we can start calling the king of Queefs? Why would we do that? We don't know about all the other I haven't queefs. deserved that yet. Uh, he's, he's getting there. I think he's proven himself. But why would you think that we would call him the king of all Queefs? Well, uh, he's... Hitting a home run on your show today, Ron. He's running with it. Yeah, I know, but uh, let's. See. What's wrong with just being the queef? <laughs> I don't even know any others. Well, we fuck, I'm gonna call him Corporal Queef. I mean, <laughs> why do we have to throw other fucking names into this thing? Here's what I worry about: if there's a nice write-up on him, they could get it fucking confused and put up King of Queens, <laughs> and then everyone thinks Kevin James is in here, and the last thing he needs is more love. Oh, my God, dude. You have to stay as queef. Don't let these people get inside your head. By the way, I look at this Phil Mushnick thing as just another fucking reason that, you know, people think that not being fucking tough is the best possible thing that you can do. You know, the celebration of weakness that we seem to do in this country. The everyone's a victim. That They would have been much happier than if... If AP would have said, this horrible thing happened, I don't know if I could co go on anymore. Could everyone gather around me and fucking put cold towels on my head and remind me that I'm a victim? Maybe I'll never play football ever again. What's the use? What's the purpose of all? Um, Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, you know, I think Queef could help a lot of people. He could have his own show. He could be like a Queef counselor. A Queef counselor? Yeah. How do you counsel queefs? That's your thing, dude. You figure it out. We're going to set you up. This is on you, queef. Um, I think probably the nicest intern since Molly. I don't ever see him being as nice as Molly, because one of the reasons that I heard him refer to his girlfriends today. <laughs> oh, no. What'd you say, queef? I shouldn't say, because you said it to me in confidence, <laughs> but I feel like I should share this with Chris. I need to know this. He says I'm doing great fucking a lot of horse <laughs> so i say to him i say to him are these prostitutes and he says no then i say then i think you should refer to them as whores queef you have to have fucking respect for women and not fucking just go out banging sluts i mean they are yeah they're cocktail skanks yeah sure but don't call a cocktail skank a fucking whore they're just loose women you know so yes. refer to them as such. But you're a loose man. Do you consider yourself a boy whore? No. What do you consider yourself? Fucking garbage dick? <laughs> garbage dick? I don't yeah. want to be called garbage you're dick. Fucking you fucking name is Queef and you have a garbage dick. <laughs>
<laughs> you need fucking penicillin in that dick just to wake up in the morning. <laughs> Is it an outbreak day or what? Did, women dig you, huh? Yeah, I get, I, I've been doing Some, really well lately. But not lately. with attractive women that you respect. <laughs> no, no. But that like, you would like to see again afterwards. <laughs> no, like girls that I just... Well drinkers. They come to the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ones that just like come to the bar and they're just like... It's like they're, they reach that point where it's like, yeah, I'm drinking enough, they're drinking enough, where I'm right. going to do this. It's last call. But you know, but there's a the thing about that bartending position... That makes the girls think that that's an alpha position. Like he's in charge of the drinks. Yeah, he must be great. I think it also it's also like if a girl if a bartender is hitting on a girl, she mm -hmm. probably thinks, oh wait, there's a lot of girls here, and I'm the one that's getting hit on. So it's kind of like a little confidence. Boost. All right, now you you're in a busy rocking bar, right? Yeah. So how how do you hit on a girl? How do, would you let a no, girl know that you know you're interested? Well, usually I just be kind of like when it's really busy, I'll just do stupid shit like uh. Girl asks me for a napkin. I'll take the whole stack of napkins and throw it at them. Yeah. Or uh, it's so cool. Or there was one one girl this weekend asked for a cup of water. Yeah. And I like I gave her the water and then I grabbed it out of her hand. I just chugged the whole thing in front of her. Yeah. Badass. Uh, and that made her, her know that you done. That, hey. Guess what's happening to you tonight? <laughs> You're getting drank. See how wet Queef. this water is. Queef. You're smooth, on top of the world, dude. Smooth fucking operator. And these we... girls all look like fucking rejects from Jersey um, I'll give them, I'll give them fives. Give them fives. All right, so you're the fucking, <laughs> you're the fucking king of fives. Yeah. Two fives is a ten, by the, the way. The best was one girl. I'm hooking up with a girl at the end of, like, the bar's closing, and this girl walks up to me and starts dancing with me. And then, like, she, she burps. And she was like, that's gross. And I was like, burp one more time, and I'll hook up with you. Oh, God. And she fake burps. And then I'm, like, just making out with her. And some dude walks up and goes, what the fuck? And he goes, all right, man, guess you're going home with her now, huh? And high-fives me and walks out. Well, that's the bar life. Uh, Jeff in Ohio, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, oh, Ronnie B, you can't refer to this guy as the king of queefs, because if that's the case, he's going to have to have some type of arranged marriage to Queen Laquifa, and I just don't see that working out. Um, Queen Laquifa nice. could be perfect for him. You need to find your king. Uh, your well, we already fucking... said I'm not the king of queefs. Well, you're getting you're there. Just queef. You're the king of fives and king of skeezy fives. drunk women. <laughs> We get passed around the bar all night. You want a fishbowl? <laughs> Are you trading drinks for sex? No, no, that's bad. I would never do that because that, that would cost me my job. Now, Fezzy, how is this kid fucking getting laid so much in bars and you can't seem to <laughs> fucking be able to suck a stranger's cock? You know that Fez isn't trying. Oh, God, I almost took us into, um, you know where? The fucking worst fucking place to go. The Advice Show. I apologize. Forget that. Because you're doing just as good as Queef. You're getting all that hard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all happening. Um, here's our buddy Scrambler. Scrambler, you're on the Running Fest show. Uh, Queef doing card holder one. Can I have that, Ronnie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to, uh, Adrian Peterson last year, I know we're going back this a little bit, but you remember there was like, whatever the touchdown would have been was like one yard further than that record. Uh, and his rushing record, and they ran it in for a touchdown, didn't give it to him, but they got to the playoffs, stole the wild card spot, and he was so humble, and he's like, well, I'll do it next year. Yeah, and he it's didn't. like, there's no guarantee you could even get close ever again, especially after that knee injury, and he was just, 
He's like, you know what? It's my team, and I think he just he's a, he takes care of other people. You know, he does what he needs to do for for everyone around him. Yeah, yeah, and then you see people like butthole bandit right and stuff. Like it's just one less child support payment for him and uh, dead child. Yeah, it's fucking. And he dead had no the, the time that he wasn't there for the kid is when he had no idea that it wasn't his kid. Even that fucking woman thought the kid belonged to somebody else. And by the time he found out, supposedly, the season had started. Like, the fucking guy was already knee-deep in the fucking game. There's only 16 fucking weeks out of the year this guy has to go to fucking work. Outside of fucking training. There's 16, we there's 16 weekends that actually matter to his fucking job. There's 16 days out of the whole fucking year where he, has to, where he really does have to go to work and fucking perform. You know, that is a really good fucking point. <laughs> the entire year, 16 fucking days. He did miss practice, and... <laughs> it's the fucking game that he has to show up for. That's it. 350 other fucking days out of the year, he's fucking good. <laughs> he gets a pass. You can't have the funeral on something other than a fucking Sunday? <laughs> you know I work Sunday. Come on! <laughs> How many times I have to tell you people? Dicks. So get off his fucking dick for playing. Unbelievable. Phil Mushtick's the fucking worst. And the fantasy football people tweeting on Twitter were the fucking worst. But here's the thing. I think, Phil, this is his job and it's what he wants to do. Because no one's going to talk about your stupid sports article. You have to say something so outrageous that people get mad at you. You know, you have to fucking... It's like if you're writing political stuff right now, you have to probably write that I know for a fact that Obama's wife, Michelle's fucking around on him. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta go that far. There's so many reports. I can't name who said it, but she is a fucking throwing that puss around. Alright, she's with a, guy, a bartender named Queef. <laughs> you gotta go that far before people will pay attention to you. And that's where, you know, we're always um, talking about the false outrage stuff. And people have to pretend that yeah. they're upset by stuff that they're really not. Just work themselves up to a frenzy over fucking garbage. Like, oh, this, is, this could be an angle. Hurts. I hurts myself today. Uh, Hicks, this is a story that you always liked. They said that the oil boom is followed by drugs and crime, that wherever uh, there's a boom town, it's immediately, uh, you know, people want to do meth. Yeah, uh, I think, um, as even like a few months ago, they said women aren't safe in the boom towns anymore. Like, because there's like just a shitload of fucking dudes working the oil rigs, and this town isn't, wasn't ready for that. So now right. there's like strip clubs popping up all over the place, just for some, just for some place where these guys didn't even spend their money, and they're just chipping in whores on the weekends. And they got tons of money, and, <laughs> and there's what, nothing to do. There's one bar in the fucking town, you know? Right. You can't fucking blame them because every time that you give blue collar guys money. <laughs> They immediately turn into Kenny Powers. <laughs> did you watch Kenny Powers last night? Yes, I did. Of that shit did. where already he's acting like a dick. I, all right. If the fucking, I guess, spoiler alert if people haven't seen it. I decided, like. All right, the, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. The people he ran into, like the fucking weird dude and the fucking chick, yes. what accent did they have? Because uh, it sat, I thought it, it was like it Boston. It was Southern meets Boston. It was so fucking weird. The yeah. girl had a Boston one, like, towards the end, but I didn't hear it in the beginning. It was until, like, when they were in the pool. 
that I thought she had the Boston accent. It might have just been bad acting. <laughs> More than anything. It's like, you're hot. You got the job. Come on or in. Or maybe he was saying, it doesn't matter whether you're a redneck or a masshole. You're still the same fucking white trash. <laughs> I want to bang. God, okay. there were things that were cracking me up. And then the fucking sadness of just saying that the kid knows what's going on already. Oh. It's too much. This is the one that he doesn't like either. Like No one likes that kid. That kid's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's the, the wolf. <laughs> It's fucking great. I'm on TV and I own it. And I'm giving her a fucking Prada fucking backpack. <laughs> Stevie losing his shit and punching out the fucking glass. It was a great fucking night. Every part of that fucking the entire show is a great. Everyone nails it. Two guys giving each other gift baskets at the same time. <laughs> Trisket or Trasket, I got you fucking gift basket. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, I'm so glad it's back. But here's the thing that has been proved correct over the years. Kenny was right about his chick. She's a fucking wild one. Yeah. And for a long time, she was acting like she wasn't. Mm -hmm. But she gets fucking wasted. And when she was doing the hard laughing when he was doing shit and being all proud of him over his <laughs> gift basket shit, that was hysterical. Well, yeah, she fucking, she left him. I mean, she fucking bounced for a while to fucking get her shit together. And then she's just fucking taking beer fucking bongs. Yeah, but he knows who she is. <laughs> he knows who she really is. Damn, she's getting fucked up. <laughs> she's doing fucking beer bongs with just dudes she met in front of the kids. The fucking neighbors and shit. They're friends. Um, all right, now he's talking about people being hypersensitive and the false outrage. Um, and I guess a lot of it has to do with what's the fucking manly thing to do. Um, Ask Men has uh, put something out, and this is up uh, online right now. But it's about hypersensitivity and whether you believe it or not. Okay. And this is, I'm going to quote part of the article uh, for you. Um, and this is also up on the iBang. Um, Fez Watley, co-host of SiriusXM's popular Ron and Fez show, recently went on a long, passionate, on-air rant about a Chevy commercial that uses the word crazy multiple times. <laughs> Claiming it was insensitive to the men to the mentally insane, as if crazy is a race, gender, or nationality. <laughs> like somewhere in the East Village, someone's currently planning the next batshit nut job pride parade. Is <laughs> the fucking best thing ever. <laughs> uh, up on the eye bang, our own Fez Watley quoted. Basically, for being retarded. <laughs> Stella quote. Um, you cannot embarrass us with AskMen.com anymore. This has got to stop. God damn it. Hicks, you missed it, but we used to be so fucking hip at one time. Back in FLA, we used to fucking roll. Power style. And now we're being quoted in the hypersensitive... Yeah. Mail askmen.com. Yeah. Something that you want to be. AP is not going to be fucking called that as being a lunatic. No, he's probably be the man of the year or something. Yeah. You know, like fucking. <laughs> so that's up on the eye bang. Fucking shit. Um, 
with Joe seventy five already commenting. <laughs> Fez is back. Fez is back. Fez is back. I wish Queef would have got a mention in that. Just you know, randomly. <laughs> well, Queef really didn't have his whole fucking thing down then. Yeah. Well, Asman, you are correctly right on about the fact that uh, crazy people are not coming together to have their own parade. Unless you count the Columbus parade outside today. Not just Italian. By the way, one of the least um, the biggest crowds that we get is the Columbus parade. It's gotten weaker and weaker over the years. Well, they, they love San Gennaro. That's where the Italians yeah. really show yeah. up. Yeah, I was, I was pretty drunk at San Gennaro this year. You're pretty drunk all the time. It's too Goof. tight, though, isn't it? What's San Gennaro? It's too tight, yeah. You're trying to walk down that little street, and everyone stops, and you can't fucking move around. Yeah, but like you're like just drinking a little tall glass thing. A little a tall little plastic, glass thing. plastic cup. Yeah. And you're just like having a fun time, and you don't even care. It's kind of like Italian Mardi Gras. Yeah. With, that, with less breasts. Way less breasts. Meatball Mardi Gras. We all, the breasts, call it. all the breasts are on men. That's San Gennaro. It's... <laughs> Oh, Queef. <laughs> queef, you're taking shots at the Italians again, aren't well, I'm you? I'm Italian, so... So, are right, you get the fucking... You get the shot. I get the... I'm allowed uh, to. They're RB uh, says, Woo-hoo! Fez making the news. It is a big day for Fezzy. This is huge. Uh, Fez is becoming a parody of himself. It couldn't get any weirder if Wes Anderson was writing his life story. <laughs> Uh, of course, Fez has a woman psychiatrist. She's just trying to push him into being female. Fagiotis says, no press is bad press, Fezzy. Please don't let my wife know how much weed I smoke or the fact I give some away. <laughs> um, Fez Watley quoted in AskMan.com. This is crazy, dude. Um, Excuse me. All right, doctor said this about Fez being a female. A female will take that dick. <laughs> um, free speech says author has hit the issue on its head, though. It's crazy when we, like, you'll get something written that embarrasses the show and say about the writer, well, I get it. That's, that is true. I mean, this is basically the part where we should be starting a radio war yeah. and saying, attack them. Let's get Ask Men. Instead, we're saying, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Somebody's thinking this out. Um, Clover says it's harder. It's hard to garner support to, for your cause when all your friends are in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure this isn't assmen.com? Um, this sucks for Fez. Not a peep about coming out, but he gets pressed for this. Um, here's uh, Pirate Trucker. Pirate Trucker, you're on the air. Hey, Fez, I wanted to ask you, is the vagina raspberry a standalone fruit? I would say not, because it takes two to raspberry. That's the truth, Bob. Um, first Jocktober, now being lampooned in web, ma in web mags. Yay, Fez. Um, uh, more ass man jokes. <laughs> Congrats to Fez for finally bringing something to the show. Fez is back. 
Fez is back. Fez is back. I love the Dead Dad Chant going. It's one of my favorite. It's classic. Uh, Queen Elizabeth says, The back of the article is a recipe for standalone blueberry smoothies. <laughs> Delicious. Mm. Fez Watley um, mentioned in a very fine article yeah. for AskMen.com. AskMen.com. Become a better man. Is right. there. Too okay, bad it's not asthma to blow me. <laughs> Queen Fire, you laughing at that? I like puns. I know you don't. I love puns. Like, I know you don't. Like my favorite pun is uh, the squeakle. I haven't even seen it. I just love that name. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great one. Oh, Queef. Uh, way to get your own standalone quote. The people are impressed with Fez Watley. They should be. Yeah. He made the scene. I mean, they got a great you know, batshit nutjob pride parade. Did he uh, make the scene, or is he the scene? That's the big question. Right now, in this fucking piece? Yeah. He is the scene. American hypersensitivity? That's Fez Watley. He probably could have made this list twice. It's a pretty exciting day. It is an exciting day. There's Ska... <laughs> there's fucking there's Fez, ska. Fez coming well, up. We know it's going to lead to more ska. <laughs> this could turn into a ska week. Oh my god, that's exciting. <laughs> Ska's back, dude. Good, because I fucking need it. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's perfect. We actually have to uh, do a contest today to give away for the million days of Christmas. Uh, but, uh, Hicks, I know that you're going to like this as a uh, pot smoker. Mm. The Colorado is coming down on secondhand pot smoke. I heard that uh, they're going to fucking start. It's proposed because uh, since it became legal, everyone's lost their fucking mind. And it's just fucking right. Just fucking people fucking smoking blunts in the streets like it's nothing that a thousand dollars for fucking uh weed smoke wafting over to like save i'm smoking in my house and the neighbor says there's too much fucking weed smoke they're gonna start fighting people see i don't think that that could get you i could understand if you're a restaurant or a fucking you know concert but if you're outside or it's just coming from next door you're not going to get a contact high. You will get a contact high, let's say, if you're in a taxi with someone and he starts fucking smoking weed. <laughs> but now, yeah, now that the, after, they, I don't think they realized what was going to happen once they legalized weed. I mean, I'm sure the fucking tax money's coming in is nice. All right, I want to go in and read some of the stuff people all excited for Fez. Good. Fez should uh, be excited. Liz wants to let us know that it's written by Peter Hoare. A fine Twitter follower and a very funny guy. Um, let's see. Heil Fezzi reminds me, did Polo make his money from back from Gap the movie? Um, all right, Fez, I think we all know what's in order now. An apology to Mr. Sam Roberts. Um, Hardly. Uh, this week in hypersensitivity. Next week, numbing the emotions with Pepper Hicks. <laughs> I'd be honored. Um, rumor is that Sam Roberts is at fault. 
Fezzi reminds me of so many misunderstood crazy uh, pussy girlfriends in the past, yet the man of the moment remains silent. Uh, here's one that says, you made askmen.com? That's crazy. Um, then ask men, ask women posted this video rebuttal, and it has just been crazy bitch, just the video of crazy bitch. Perfect. Which, after your thing last uh, week, kicks, reminds me how much I love that piece. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, going through the awards, fucking, it was just so fun to go back through and remember, just remember things that we totally forgotten about. It was just so goddamn fun. And um, there was a winner. For, we had someone post what I miss because there's just so much to go through over the year. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, and the and the, the prize was uh, Mr. Show signed by Bob and David, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Uh huh. And uh, going through uh, the winner is Mike Pal seventy five for Ron's link to Jennifer Aniston full frontal not safe for work. That was actually crazy gun guy karaoke with beer porn. I had forgotten about that too. <laughs> Because I, I don't think we were on that day f when when it um, when it went up, and then it's just fucking hysterical. You get Mr. Show signed. That's hell of a prize. Fuck yeah. That might be one of the best prizes we've got, given out in a long time. Yeah. Who won that? That was Mike Powell, seventy-five. He's a big winner. They ain't gonna stop there because there was a weekend winner too. Best game show, best TV game show. Yeah, there were there, and this person's picking up Running Man, signed by Mr. Jesse Ventura. He's a lot of <laughs> Running Man's a game show. Yeah, it's, but he was barely in it. it. Just doesn't make sense. Oh, he was the guy though. I mean, he fucking he was the he was the last evil villain to beat. Uh, the winner is Bagpiper for Cash Cab. All the way, it feels like it could happen to you. Those doesn't feel like a pedophile creep like a lot of shows. He's actually charming. So big ups to Ben Bailey and Bagpiper for winning Running Man from The Weekender. I remember I met Ben Bailey in a uh, hamburger joint. And it was only at, like, Cash Cab had only been out for, like, a week or two. <laughs> and he was eating burgers. And I just look at him and I yell, Cash Cab! And it was the whole Cash Cab crew was with him. <laughs> and they were like, yes! That is us. We're Cash Cab. How are you? They were so fucking happy. Well, the fucking show was great. I and always, I fucking, if you didn't double down at the end, you're a fucking asshole. I, I hated people that didn't double down. Like, what did you save? It's 800 bucks. You turn to 16, and they're never that fucking that hard. No, you it's get a, just video a video clue. fucking thing. It's a video clue. Assholes. And then sometimes there's three of them. No, we're going to go home with our $400. Really? Pussy. For all fucking three of you? What a fucking life changer. Pussy. Fucking spin that video and let's see what we got <laughs> going on, on here. Let's turn this into a real fucking eating. Let's ball out a little bit. Have you ever seen the cash cab? In real life? No. Uh, I, I saw it on driver's ed one time. I look for it all the time. I was like driving and looked to the left and there was like a fucking cab with like lights and shit in it. We were like, whoa. You just fucking scream. Do me as a fucking shout out. Because <laughs> my dream was to be like, have them pull over and ask me a question. Those questions were easy enough. Yeah. I fucking just fucking laid it on them. <laughs> fucking pulled out of there. Fucking high five the guy. Good luck. <laughs> You're going to do it, man. Remember to double down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a pussy. Don't be a crazy fucking crazy pussy. All right. You crazy fuck. You batshit crazy asshole. Yeah. 
My Get friend him. was an askman.com. <laughs> you remember that? Is that a question? Who's an askman.com? No, he hasn't commented on it yet. He's just sitting there <laughs> watching everything roll by him. And I don't want to get quoted again. Do you think he'd be really excited? Smart move. Way to take the aggressive mode. Fuck with him. Fuck Duck with him. Duck and cover. Duck and cover. They're never going to see that shit coming. Look. Become a better man. Askman.com. <laughs> oh, shit. Who doesn't want to? Who doesn't want to after that story? Oh, my God. It really shines a light on crazy oh, isn't it? this show is. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't shine. No, that's not the light. Oh, I thought it did. Just what I thought we were all agreeing. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. What just, a fucking waste of time this program is. No. Just that, you know, Fez said something, you know, a little out of the ordinary about a week ago. That's all. Well, more than a week ago. I guess it was two weeks ago. But they're right. That got us on Jocktober. Yeah. And then immediately on askmen.com. Have a nice piece on America. Well, hopefully GQ and Esquire on the other fucking lines. <laughs> Did you see this Ask Men article? <laughs> I'm going to keep it quiet so I'm not quoted again. <laughs> Did you do anything when you saw the cash cab? Are you fucking driving around in your shitty fucking driver's ed car? No, I just... You should just Why do you even bother driving? You fucking live in Manhattan, right? That was the last time I drove. I don't even have a license. I just have a permit. Me neither, Queef. It's going to expire. <laughs> we're in, we're the same fucking boat. People don't fucking realize that if you... I, I mean, obviously I have a license for when I leave town. Yeah. But I wouldn't dream of owning a fucking car in the city. It's too stupid. It's fucking... Well, a, if you have a... Don't buy a decent car, because if you park it on the street, it's going to get destroyed. Or pay for a fucking uh, a garage, which is another rent. No, it's insane. Just take the MTA and bitch about it like everybody else. Crazy. Why would anybody insure anybody who works in this fucking city? Actually, I saw a guy fighting for his fucking parking. Um, he was getting a ticket and won today. Holy shit! You never saw that happen before. That should be impossible. The girl said, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what am I just seeing? Here? <laughs> it's like fucking Sasquatch. Uh, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I was wondering, can Fezzy's new nickname be Badass Fezzy Gun? Because he's an ask man! I don't know if we want to go that far with it, but ask.com is, um, I guess they're doing their own kind of Jocktober. Yeah, going through it for hypersensitive people, hypersensitive people of which Fez is one. Hmm. No, here's what fucking kills me. All right, so this guy fucking lights Fezzy out. Dick. Lynn says Fire thinks that he's very funny, and Shrekka says that he's cute. Oh, well, aren't they just smitten? I see how it is. Just turned by a pretty face, I guess. There you got him, Fez. Give him a pound for me. I'm not It's very there. shallow. The ironic poem. Um, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Dave encountered it. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Yeah, when I was playing college football, um, you know, my dad was sick. And, you know, I never really missed a game or a practice. And, you know, guys on my team had parents die. One guy had a brother die. And, you know, if it happened in the middle of the week, they might disappear for a few days from practice. And if it happened on the weekend, 
a lot of times they would still play in the game. You know, it was just something that, you know, you do to maintain a level of normalcy. But you're saying football in Canada. Do you mean hockey? <laughs> no, uh, Canadian football, so it's sort of like a combination of the two, right? Yeah. Weird. I don't know. Like, coaches used to always talk about how, you know, they would miss funerals for games and not. It was just... Nice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tommy G Z just sent me something that said, I'm doing more of this kind of stuff. Oh, yes. It really seems to be resonating with the fans. Yes. <laughs> so funny. I hope he has more stories about his neighbors are involved. He's very confident and he needs fans. Yeah. Well, he's fucking doing good work. Hey, he lives in a neighborhood with like a lot of people that don't like people who smoke cigars. Oh, and it looks like he's fucking bowing down. Telling people to be more conscious about where they smoke at. What? He was a guy who got thrown out of a Little League game for smoking. That's the nanny state trying to fucking tell us what we can and can't put in our bodies. Oh, God. There's this him at a cigar bar doing like a round table with a bunch of cigar <laughs> smokers. Look look. At it. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the NFL pregame show with cigar smokers. <laughs> All right, he's rocking the fucking Ranger jersey from looks. Oh yeah, he's a big hockey fan. Are uh, we better uh, break here, Hicks? Yeah. Uh, we come back. Forty-two is the big winning shots. Here's to the winners. We'll be right back. It's the Ron and Fed Show. The Ron and Fed Show on the Open Anthony Show, Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Big fish, artist of the day. 
Now, Chris, family, uh, Chris, uh, you're the you're the Scott fan of the show. Yeah. When they do these songs, is it ironically, or do they truly love the song "Take on Me"? They truly love their version. They, they, yeah, they like "Take on Me," and they thought, "Hey, it's going to be fun to bang this out Scott style." We want to make it our own because we love "Take on Me" so much. I think that they don't like this, the the song so yeah. much. They think it's funny that they're playing it. I think it's almost a a good laugh. Now, I don't want... Did you watch Homeland last night? Yeah, I watched Homeland. Uh, I don't want to do a, you know, a spoiler for anyone, but uh, a certain character was back last night and ended up having a nurse on the show um, in South America. Mm-hmm. We have not safe for work pictures of her up on the iBang that could make me a tremendous new fan of Homeland. <laughs> and they are very not safe for work. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So I guess this uh, young lady is somewhat famous in the, in the Latin world. Yeah. Yeah, she's a model of note. Oh, she is. Model, actress of note, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Homeland. Spoiler alert. God. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, uh, she was the nurse on Homeland, the street nurse. Uh, by the way, there was so much heroin use in that show last night <laughs> that I don't know how you couldn't end up just doing heroin after watching it. Uh, but already I look up on the iBang and, uh, OTR Dave says she forgot to pack her tits. <sighs> Women come in all different shapes and sizes. Really? You just have to. The people are just attacking this fucking yes. young lady. Come on. Now she's um, incredibly sexy, but you will um, know that you will always know that people will go out of their way to act like something about a beautiful woman is not perfect. Yeah, he, you know, not good enough for them. <laughs> not good enough. Come we on. We just had some models in our um, lobby when I was walking through. Oh, nice. Big star models. That's pretty cool. How they look. Yeah, you know, like models. What are you going to ask? <laughs> you know what? That's not a... Uh, um, that's not a beautiful model. Ryan and Cherry Hill, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Mr. Bay. Um... Speaking of Homeland, it's the only show I watch on a consistent basis. But the last two episodes feels like I'm watching fucking Grey's Anatomy. They got it's got to get stepped up here. I don't know what's happened. Um, well, uh, the thing is, they try to make it like a movie, but a movie can't go on forever without, like you said, taking places that you don't like. I thought the first season was phenomenal, and then I'm like, wow, they're starting to rush this a little bit. Yeah. The second season seemed a little crazier. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that would never happen. And now they're trying to pick up the pieces from all that. And there's already things I think are over the top. <laughs> well, last night, as soon as the fucking heroin you started, I you know I think everyone saw that coming. You know, later. No, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, you you spoiled everything. There was no reason. For you to say those things. No, people won't understand what I'm saying. I hope there's a fucking outrageously mean <laughs> AskMen.com article about you. Yeah. And then you're forced to fucking possum down. Oh, I I dare AskMen to come at me. I dare them. <laughs> All right? Make yourself All right. a better man. Yeah. Suck my cock. 
All right, that'll make you a better man. Here's the thing that I like them to do on functioning alcoholics and drug addicts. <laughs> Fuck you! Is that a way for a man to live his life? Assman.com. How about this? What the fuck? It's the fucking keyword. Functioning. So yeah, <laughs> your answer to your question is A, still suck my dick. B, I'm fucking functioning. I'm getting my job done. So kiss my ass. Um, You take too much pleasure in the word functioning. <laughs> Hey, that's the fucking out, right? You're also excited about the term borderline. Because <laughs> you're borderline psychotic. Well, that's, that's why there's a border. And I'm on the fucking right side of it for now. now. At, since you cut your hair, you've been wearing a goddamn cap almost every day. You're not happy with your haircut? No, I, I think it's I think it's okay. I just It just coincided with me getting this Yankees hat, which is starting to get beat up a little bit, to be honest. So it just happened to be the fact that when you get a new hat... You really like it and want to wear it every day. I get anything new. I just wear it into the ground until it's just tattered. I'm going to uh, get you a sombrero. All right. Um, the pictures are up on the iBang right now of uh, this lovely young lady. Now, I'll go over to Queef. Queef, you take a look at this girl. Give me a number from 1 to 10. Because you did your rankings. You call your girls fives. <laughs> what would you rank this young lady at? Well, the face is a ten. The face is a ten. The face right. is a ten. Okay. She loses like three. All right, she's, she's got a seven body. She's got a... I can't see that. I can't really see the ass. The ass is a thin girl's ass. It's well paved for a thin girl, but it is a thin girl's ass. Okay, so then she's got like a... Six body then. Okay. Six so body. come on. Dude, she's got a great face. I'm not taking her face away from her, but like she's built look, like a twelve year old boy. A ten face and a six body still gives her an eight. Yeah. Overall. And that's pretty high yeah. on your sched yeah. on your list, right? Higher than my five. But why were you pissed off about that, Hicks? You picking up any of these fucking eights, these no, ten sixes no, in the fucking bar? No, not know? at all. Alright, that that's what I'm fucking saying. She's a fucking solid nine. And people complain that, oh, she's a fucking body of a 12-year-old boy. Bullshit. All right? It's right no 12-year-old boy has a fucking little South American vagina. Okay? <laughs> That's what I'm fucking saying. And no dude's going to fucking be unhappy with this woman. Well, I'll say this. We don't really get to see her vagina. Uh, and I would agree that it would be impossible, particularly since she's a natural nurse. Mm -hmm. And they seem to use... Heroin as the only medication that they have down there. <laughs> Did you not love that fucking skyscraper though, without even the sides built? You're just basically living oh, yeah. with your ass out the whole time. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's like a like down South America. There's really like a crazy skyscraper that is like that. I, I'm guessing they they based it off of where people just squat. Like in some city, they ran out of money to build this thing. And then homeless people just started moving in, and just, they just live in a fucking uh, like in the first ten stories of the skyscraper. But do you ever feel like do you you gotta when you're a squatter like that, you can never call the police or you don't have it. No. So you gotta basically say, I'm gonna hold my apartment at all times. I'll kill. You know. Yeah, there's there's like yeah, there's just that's like being an extreme libertarian. <laughs> you know, you're on your own. Yeah, they don't care. I can't. All right, now Hicks. Yeah. I want you to uh, give this girl ratings. Yeah, I, overall she's a nine. She's what, a fucking. What are you taking the one point off? Uh, 
time. The ass could be fuller. All right, so Just you're slightly. not that far away no. from him. No, but he, he given the body, the six, the whole thing's a nine. There's no combination of face and body. Just the ass could be fuller. But somewhere That's all. in your mind, you've come up with it. You're just not saying it out loud. Like, you give the face a ten, right? Yeah. Which means that you're giving the body a seven. That's too high. It's not too high. It's See, too that wasn't high. my point. My point was he's only one point higher than you, and yet he hates you yeah. for what you've said. It's insulting what he said. Um, I'm coming at it rationally, not, not like Queef, who's just talking crazy shit. Uh, Doc says Terry Richardson has ruined me for software glamour shots. <laughs> if, if a girl isn't riding a wrecking ball or pretending to blow an inflatable dinosaur, I can't get into it. Uh, Joe said, fuck the haters. Real tits are amazing. Logan said, I have better tits than she does. We'll show uh, started out as a 10, but one off for each boob. So an 8. Bam. Joe says, we're a 6. I feel like I live in crazy town. Yeah, you heard me ask, men. All right. Right? Fucking Peter Horbag, whatever your name is. All right, that's enough of calling people names. I want to I want to burn my nose in a chair back for some reason. Pepper likes the ghetto ass. There is some truth to that. Who doesn't? Yeah. That you know that guy came off as a racist comment. It did. What, what does ghetto ass even mean, huh? I know what you're fucking trying to say. The type of ass that you would see in a ghetto. <laughs> that's what he means by. That Oakland booty. Warsaw? Because. Oh, Oakland. <laughs> hey, Queef, right? Look. Queef, your name makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'm going to be 100% honest here. Queef, this thing's gotten real weird to start. It got today. real weird, real fucking fast. I don't know what the fuck to do. Uh, and I'm very excited to say this. Uh,. That the site is a little slow from getting hammered from some of these pictures we've up today, but no crashes like before. I mean, these are not safe for work. I mean, you can put these up, some fucking bosses will shit can you. Maybrick said, I waited an extreme uh, page load time for that. Yes, that's exactly what you did. Jesus Christ. Uh, Kev Great says, Ladyboy tits. Thank you. <laughs> and. Uh, News Virus said, this is better than any anything I've ever seen on Ask Men. Mid said, would fuck. <laughs> God, he gave the fucking approval. Steve in Tampa said, those are the tits she was obviously born with. Would you prefer some hard plastic bolt-ons? Queef? Should those, she get, yeah. You'd rather she got fake breasts. Well, actually, no, because hers are so small that they would look awful. They would look like you make it feel like she should kill herself. That she has God. nothing oh, she can. I do. would you definitely. Know, she was just on Homeland. What were you doing she's... on Sunday night, Queef? Sunday night. I, I told. I fell asleep at six p.m. on Sunday night. But so she's... you missed the fucking baseball game. You missed football games. I missed everything Sunday night. I like woke up at. I woke up at midnight for an hour. I watched Eastbound and Down and Hello, Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went I love back to kid. bed. I love this kid. That was my now, night. Rorschach, who I always trust with his opinion, and he said this. Very, very fucking nice. He would eat the ass. Okay. That's approval. He would eat the ass. 
Uh, Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yes. God, I can't stand that fucking guy. I just don't even want him on him for a second anymore. He's fucking scum. Um, Bubble says she rates a solid seven vagina raspberries. Oh, that's warranted. Is that the new rating system? I guess. Could be. I like that better than stars. Vagina raspberries? Uh, Tate in Texas. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. Four million quarters, man. Thank you, bro. Uh, just wanted to see uh, if Fez has ever received or given a blueberry butthole. All right, that's... That's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. And he wants to stay quiet so he doesn't get requoted in uh, askmen.com. Uh, Joe simply gives us a shark. Uh, ben Panopolis says it's never a good thing when you can rail a perfect line of coke off her chest. I would disagree with that. I think that is a good thing on two levels. <laughs> it just makes sense. Between you, Hicks, and Homeland, uh, you got me thinking about partying again. No, don't, don't party. Don't. You do, though, right? Yeah. Why is it fine for you and not for me? I don't know. I, I you don't want to fucking live my fucking crazy shitty life. So you're embarrassed of your life. You're ashamed of it. You live in disgust. <laughs> this, is perfect. this is perfect for my ass, man. Fucking bit that I'm writing up. Don't feed them information about me. It's helping them. I'm supposed to attack them once I make it there. <laughs> the Cancer Sucks Benefit is happening this coming Saturday at the Bitter End on Bleecker Street. Five comics, a puppet, and a guy with a ukulele. Great comedy show. Big J. Okerson, Joe Conte, Mike Pacetti, Otto and George, the Reverend Bob Levy, and Foggy Otis on ukulele. That's happening this coming Saturday, 2 p.m. at the Bitter End on Bleecker Street. All to help out Narczito. Hey, Al, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Pepper, thanks for us uh, blowing up my spot for the new season. I, I'm still on season two of Homeland. He's an but asshole. The squatter's <laughs> comment uh, reminded me I had an employee that lives in Lebanon. Yeah. And uh, she showed me pictures of a, uh, a birthday party from her aunt. It's a beautiful apartment. Kids are there. They're opening presents. A regular living room. And all of a sudden, one picture, there's no wall. I'm like, hey, where's the wall? She goes, oh, yeah, the building was bombed. So will they live there? She goes, yeah. I asked her, do you have electricity? She said, yeah, they run electric up, but no water. They live like that. It was like the fourth floor. It was unbelievable. We're all going to be like that one day and one day soon. <laughs> I can't wait. That's the way planet Earth is going to look. It's fucking half all of it over, overgrown, trying to escape from weird animals. I saw I Am Legend. Man, all you had to do was see 60 Minutes last night with fucking Detroit. I didn't see it. Oh, man, they showed schools and weeds are all grown up in the schools. Fucking people in there shooting galleries and shit. Oh, and that houses will catch on fire and no one comes to put them out. It's just this big, massive. But the great thing is there's like a renaissance downtown. And like they almost like this guy runs his own security down there. It looked like the it looked like the crow. If I'm gonna be totally honest, it looked like the crow was real. It's turning into Robocop where OCP is just a private fucking police force fucking running shit. Uh, Ray wrote in Pepper Hicks's wisdom today. Thank to ask men, fuck you, suck my dick, I'm functioning. <laughs> to queef, fuck that. 
no 12-year-old has a sweet South American vagina. <laughs> 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Let's get it right, okay? If you're going to quote him, quote him correctly. Thank you. As Pepper likes to say, smell my name right. <laughs> All right, we can't even get to the 42 because we fucked things up with these dude pictures. <laughs> Everything's loading slow. People like naked South American women. I do. It's just, it's just, it's a fact of life. That that whole thing made me feel like, why is he trying to get out of there? Fucking hang in. It looks cool. Yeah. Come on, dog. And they got all the pony you'll ever fucking need. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, it's fucking nonstop. I definitely think I could spend six months in that fucking place. Hanging out with that chick. Doesn't fucking... I don't need a wall. I don't need that fucking outside wall. <laughs> it's the only place you can Seemed like a nice warm breeze was coming in. Yeah, he's set up pretty well right now. Spoiler alert. I don't want to give too much. You gave him way too much already. I just said heroin. That's all. That guy's on season two. That's on him to fucking catch up. Jesus Christ. You know what I did? I fucking I didn't watch any Breaking Bad. I watched the last fucking episode just to fucking watch it. I, you think I'm spoiler alerting people? Who gives you shit? Did you like the last episode without everyone seeing it? <laughs> Seemed like fucking this Walter White's a real badass. Did you, uh, did you cry? No. I fucking had no connection to any of those characters. My mom was, has been watching Breaking Bad before the finale. She was like three seasons in. She was like, I got to watch the finale tonight. I was like, you can't do that. Like, you're just, you're halfway through the show. She was like, I need to know because everybody's going to be talking about it. This I week. know, and I haven't watched the show in four years. <laughs> yeah. I watched the first two years and then catch up. And nothing personal against it. I just wasn't there when it started up again. Thought that I would make it. Never did. Yeah, and then everyone just. It's hard to keep up with TV. I'm sorry. There's too much good shit. I don't even know if it's all that good. It's just something to watch. It's fun. Are you watching the Stephen Merchant uh, get around? No, I have, Hello Ladies, no, I haven't watched it. Very. There's things in it that are so cringy sad. Oh, really? Yeah, that I ended up feeling sad for him a lot of times. And sad for his fucking shitty friends. <laughs> that sounds kind of good. I don't know. I think I've seen enough sad people. Like, I think Gervais started it. Where you're supposed to feel bad for the guy instead of fucking happy. You know? A lot but of we just don't make fucking shows about cool people. Everyone's a dick, either an asshole or a dick or a fucking pussy. Or I guess if they are like badass, they have to redeem themselves because they have some terrible thing they have to. Well, who's badass? I'd say Kate Powers is fucking cool. He's badass. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Seriously, if you would ever think in a, that there, a world exists where he's cool. Then you're missing the fucking show completely. Oh, I think he's cool. I love Kenny Powers. Well, I know you miss your fucking nickname's Queef. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the exact opposite of fucking cool. He's like, uh, like just this fucking dick that has some talent. <laughs> it's almost like if he's, um, you know, he was like a fucking dumb sitcom star from the '80s or something. Uh, Joe, you're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, that intern you got in there. I know. Um, I know what his favorite Canadian team is. What's that? The Maple Queefs. What are you writing? Just writing a note. What's your fucking note about? <laughs> about a possible guest. Well, write fast. Okay. Just write the person's name instead of all the nuttiness. Is it for today? Yeah. Well, how would I do that? 
That's the stupidest fucking note you've ever read me. Okay. It's just simply, no. 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 Well, I already have the, um, the Sharon Felder lined up today for uh, AKA Doc Pomus, which is like my new obsession. Um, Brill building songwriters and Doc Pomus in particular. This documentary is so goddamn good. So tell the other people yeah. no spank you. All right, no. Just tell them yeah. so that we don't hurt their feelings. Okay. Sorry, you're just not big enough to be on this program. All right, no spank you. Not big enough. Fuck them. Then put smell you later. Smell you later. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So they know what the fuck we're dealing with. All right. They know that we don't fuck around. They will. But from this fucking moment on, they will know that we're not fucking around. Tell them we fuck around, you fuck around. But you don't fuck around this town. This town. You got all that? Yeah. Um, we got to, uh, I was going to do the winning picks for the 42, but we have slowed the site down so bad between raspberry, uh, oh, uh vagina raspberry, vagina raspberry, and then the South American girl who, uh, took, well, we know has a 10 for her face. She's a nine overall. Okay. Eight. Queef is just being a dick today. So we will uh, be talking about Doc Pomus in just a little bit. And if you want to go over the iBang uh, right now, uh, we put up a post for the songs of Doc Pomus. Uh, some of the original songwriting that more or less kicked off um... Well, it really did. It, it fucking certainly kicked off rock and roll. You got stuff like uh, Save the Last Dance for Me, This Magic Moment, A Teenager in Love. Jesus. Uh, he wrote Lonely Avenue, which Ray Charles did, which is such a great fucking song. Young Blood, one of my favorite songs in the whole world. Uh, and for Elvis, he wrote Little Sister, uh, Surrender, and Viva Las Vegas. Oh my God. Um, he wrote for B.B. King. He wrote he wrote a song for Bob Dylan that Bob Dylan record, recorded. They did together. Seriously, one of the... Can we go... Is this going to be happening fairly soon? Yeah. I'm going to set it up? Okay. So let me explain this whole thing about Doc Pomus. And it's... Uh, I, th th I love this on a couple different stages. Number one... The songwriter to me is key in everything in music. How you just sit down and start to come up with something that is so good that people will keep singing, not just when it happens, but five years from now, ten years from now. In the case we are now, like 50 years later, people will still sing along with these songs. It's mind-blowing to me. But... Doc was a kid who grew up in Brooklyn, Jewish kid, and he uh, got polio at like age six, nine years old, something like that. He's a little kid. So he ends up, you know, in crutches and got those 
leg braces and all that. For some reason, maybe because he had to stay in, he listened to the radio all the time, he fell in love with blues, which would back then was like race music. It was only for us, by us, black people, right? Yeah. And he started to write blues songs and crutched his way up on, uh, on stage and said, I'm here to sing the blues and would sing these songs. It's it's phenomenal when you think about it. It's it's just insane. So uh, Atlantic Records study was great. Started to sell some of his songs off um, to you know different blues uh, singers. You know he gets radio hits out of it. And as he's writing these songs, it's actually the time that we went from rhythm and blues to rock and roll. He gets a place up on. Um, Becomes one of the Brill Building writers, writes with all the greats, you know, Lieber and Stoller and Carol King, and um, he's basically the person who taught uh, Phil Ramon, uh, not Phil Ramon, the other Ramon, um, who's the famous crazy Ramon? Uh, is it Phil? Yeah, I guess yeah. it's Phil. Phil Ramon is the one who got busted? Yeah. Yeah, so teaches him about music, songwriting, that he goes on to do what he does with girl groups. He's amazing. He ends up in a wheelchair this whole time. He's still doing it. He's writing with Dr. John. Uh, you brought up Mink DeVille. Yeah. He wrote with them. Even when things were bad, he starts fucking becoming a professional gambler <laughs> and ends up at a gambling place in his house. It's a real <laughs> New York crazy story. Uh, he's simply one of the fucking most interesting guys that you would ever see. The documentary kills me. Lou Reed is in it, and all these uh, incredible people stop by to talk about him and, and what he meant to uh, to rock and roll. There's Dr. John stuff in there that just uh, kills you. Kills you. It's fantastic. So it's called AKA Doc Pomus. AKA Doc Pomus is what it's about. Go over to the iBang for the great songs of Doc Pomus. We've got some of these songs performed by all these different people. And if you have the slightest love for rock and roll, uh, you will dig this. A couple years ago, I picked up a, a book on him just walking around the um the strand i saw the cover of this book picked it up started reading the back and i'm like why how come i don't know all these stories <laughs> so i go back and read it so i was dying for this documentary to be done um in a lot of ways i think i like the documentary even better because you, you get that instant thing of why you're hearing the the music you're seeing these old pictures of new york and the country and then the music kicks in and you're like fuck i love this shit i love these songs one after another it's just uh tremendous um so make sure you go looking for it. it's called aka doc Pamas. the person who's coming in is uh sharon felder she is uh doc's uh daughter and um obviously she was you know, right there for everything that happened in her dad's life. But what was always amazing to me, she is one of these people who 
is making sure that she gets the word out about her dad. And that just, that slays me. You know what I mean? That just slays me. Uh, I know she's um, working on a musical about his life. And, uh, you know, we had that Smokey Joe's Cafe. This one also would make a fantastic musical. Because you've never heard a story like this before in your life. You never saw a dude like this. And when we all sit around feeling sorry for ourselves... Here's a guy that all this bad shit happened to. And he wasn't some kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky guy about it. Like, hey, I know I could do it. He'd be like, fuck, this sucks. And write a blues song about it. You know what I mean? Amazing. Uh, let me tell you just how much this could just break your heart. If you hear this song, Save the Last Dance for Me. One of the great songs of all time. This was written... By a guy who could not dance and was watching his bride dancing with other people on their wedding night. You know, Jeez. he was telling them, oh, go dance with my uncle, or go dance with my brother, whatever. And in his mind, he starts to put together this song of Save the Last Dance for Me. It's that amazing kind of story of what you do with the cards that you're dealt. The way to deal with them. I, I, I think it's one of the, it's one of my favorite rock and roll documentaries now, and I just love it. I just recommend it to everybody. I mean, if you know, Lou Reed thinks it's cool, uh, and and this is the thing. We had Robbie Robertson the other day, and I'm reading the essay that he's writing, and he brings up Doc's name, just like Doc showed up, and how great that was. It's fantastic to live that kind of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fantastic that no matter what happens to you, you find a way to deal with it. Um, and then what does he do? He writes music, uh, sad music, happy mu music that all kind of people can identify with. Um, I'm so excited about having this interview with his daughter, Sharon Felder. Do yourself a favor and go looking for AKA Doc Pomus. This magic moment So different and so new Was like any other Until I Drifter singing this magic moment, and the writer of that song, Doc Pompas, his daughter is in here with us, Sharon Felder, and there's a documentary out that is just so gorgeous called AKA Doc Pompas. How are you? Nice to see you. Nice to see you, Ron. Happy to be here. Um, 
the fact that this is about your father, obviously your view of this film is going to be uh, so much different than mine because the way that this uh, kind of unraveled for me of a life as a, a working piece of art I thought was an amazing accomplishment. And the fact that you were involved in this film I think speaks a lot about family as well. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I started this film about 10 years ago by myself, mm -hmm. and I was started to shoot some of the interviews like Lou Reed and Dr. John and B.B. King, and it was very hard doing it alone. And mm -hmm. I was a photographer. I didn't have experience as a filmmaker. And, you know, I was working on it for years, and then I get a phone call out of the blue from this amazing man, Will Hector, who had just read the biography of my dad, uh, Lonely Avenue, uh, The Unlikely Life, and he said, "This I have a million dollars ready to go. And I said, let's get together. So I combined what I'd been working with, and he had this amazing team of Peter Miller and Amy Linton, and the three of us um, joined forces, and it was just... I had just read Lonely Avenue a couple years ago. Oh, you read it? Yeah, and I, it was one of those things I picked it up in a bookstore. But I think the real difference here is that when you're hearing the songs in real time... And hearing the way what people thought about Doc, A, as being a songwriter, but B, as just being one of those real New York people, those real New York personalities that are bigger than life. Yeah, he really was larger than life. He, yeah. was, a, I, he was kind of like the hub of a wheel, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was somebody had used the wheelchair metaphor, even like, you know, if you picture the wheelchair, that he was in a wheelchair, that the hub, he was kind of like the hub and all these other people were like the spokes. And he just created this amazing orbit where he went. And just like he was a lot of people were really drawn to him, like Lou Reed, like little Jimmy Scott, like um, Dion and all kinds of uh, Dr. John, all these amazing people. But at the same time. Um, junkies or gamblers or any <laughs> down-in-the-luck homeless people. That's right. He had time for anyone, for every anyone and everyone. He had a really big heart, and um, yeah, I mean, I grew up with him, and the building that he lived in on West 72nd Street, when you just said junkies and hookers, and there was a woman in our building, Dottie, just made me think of it. She was a prostitute that I used to babysit for, and you know, <laughs> like, he'd be like, she's a nice woman, you know, let's, she really needs to get her life straightened out, so he didn't judge people like that. Um, and he was so well respected, you know, um, Robbie, Robbie Robertson just re-put out um, a live album, and uh, it's called Live at the Academy in 1971. Really oh. great, great thing. So he had wrote an essay talking about, and Dylan came out and played with them all, and he writes, and Doc Palmas came in that night, sat in the front row, so naturally me and Levon took it up a notch. <laughs> and I, I, I read this a day before, I mean, a day after watching, you know, your documentary. Oh, wow. And it's just one of those things that if you go into people who who did what he did for a living, they love Doc and they love his talent. 
Yeah, that's a really good observation. I mean, he just had that effect on people. Mm-hmm. He made people feel better about themselves. He didn't suffer fools, so mm-hmm. he also, you know, wouldn't put up with you if you were like a total pain in the ass, you know. And he, uh, you know, everybody would hit him up. Like he had uh, sort of a standard spot at the Lone Star. You probably, I don't know right. if you remember the Lone Star Cafe, but he had a table, and everybody came to him there, and they, you know, tell him their troubles and this and that. But occasionally, people would drive him crazy and he did have one business card that said i've got my own problems and he would right. just hand it to people because every once in a while it would, he would just go over the edge but for the most part he had a heart of gold honestly and he was willing he, his phone number was listed in the book he never took it out um and he would talk to you all night you know and you know one of the the things that we have in this country where we know songs and we could sing along with songs, but we don't take the time to discover where they came from. Listen to just some, a list of some of these songs. Uh, Save the Last Dance for Me, uh, This Magic Moment, A Teenager in Love, Viva Las Vegas, Lonely Avenue, Suspicion, Young Blood, which one of my favorite songs of all time, Little Sister. Um, the fact that these songs are written by the same guy and the fact that we that we the consumers don't always know this it kills me you're right i mean people know the songs and not the name of the songwriter right. that's just been the way it's always been you know and, and he even bring up he would hear people sing the songs want to go over and say hey you know <laughs> right that's i wrote mine, this but song. Be a crazy person exactly they would yeah so yeah it's a, occasionally he would tell people eh, i wrote that song but he didn't brag like that now we also have to tell this part of the story doc as a young person got polio so here he is in a glamour business living in a rough city uh, and if both both those things weren't hard enough. He's got to battle polio with this. Some of the writing that you have Lou read, some of this stuff, because Doc would just write in his journals constantly. Some of it is so poetic; um, it almost feels like a novel. But it's just his thoughts. I mean, he just had that kind of rhythm. But he wasn't one of the. Uh, he was pissed about his condition. I think he accepted it. It was occasionally, he says it in in one of the journals, I wasn't one of those happy cripples. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he he never made you, when you were with him, you never felt that I'm with a disabled person. He right. never talked about it. He didn't make you feel it. And he was inspiring to a lot of disabled people because he didn't want to dwell on it. He would just say, get out of that. I mean, not associate yourself only with disabled people. So he never did that. And he didn't want other disabled people to do that either. But he, um, it was hard. It was a hard life. So he contracted polio when he was six. And when the polio epidemic came out, you know, and his parents sent him to camp to get away from it, and that's where he caught it. Mm. So that was just a tremendous irony there. Um, so his legs were paralyzed. That was the thing. So he was on crutches, and he became a blues singer on crutches, which is like the craziest thing. Yeah. You know, like a white Jewish crippled blues singer. And was amazing. I mean, these songs were amazing <laughs> so much that blues singers were like, couldn't believe that uh, uh, somebody could write this way. That's right. That, that did not have the same shared background. I find that just phenomenal to be able to say uh, this music that 
is mine. You know what I mean? It's particularly at that time where we still had segregation. That's right. He identified so much with that uh, music. His uh, his brother in the film was a very, very well-known lawyer. Goes out of his way to say that he had so many marks against him, everything but being black. But he worked on that, <laughs> right. which is just like amazing. But he loved that culture. He loved. Oh my God, yeah. he was he was as black as you could be without being. I mean, yeah. that you know that was who he identified with, and that's um, that was his music, his life, his friends, his heart. You know that was, and of course, Big Joe Turner when he heard Big Joe Turner on the radio when he was a kid that just changed his life forever so he was a kid that was you know he was going to college but he was in in his house a lot and then you know listening to jazz and big joe turner on the radio you know he was there that's what he had to do and eventually got to write for him and that's right write for so many other uh great people there's so much of this film that uh if you are a fan of that era, I mean, we could walk over right now and look out the window and see the Brill Building. I still never walk by that building without thinking of the talent that was in there at one time. Those people, Phil Spector is saying, Doc taught me how to write. It's, that, it's just mind-blowing to me. He was like a teacher to a lot of people because he was a little bit older than some of the guys mm -hmm. that were coming. So Phil basically was sitting at, on sleeping on our floor, you know, doing stuff like that, eating and, you know, just soaking it up and hanging out and a lot of other great artists. Um, but I think that a lot of kids don't know, my, uh, you know, what the Brill Building, that whole chunk of history. Right. People don't know that era. It's really fascinating. It is incredibly fascinating. So much talent in that building at the same time but the really other cool thing is the people who came out i mean it's the way a lot of people came wanted to come to america the beatles wanted to come to america because of those that's songs right. that's right um and john lennon looked your dad up when he came to new york and you had a chance to see just how John Lennon felt about your father. Oh, it was such a thrill. So my dad got to become friends with John because they both obviously lived on West 72nd Street. Mm -hmm. My dad met him the first time at a BMI dinner, which was, you know, like kind of a stuffy event. And But he, they were both BMI songwriters, and John changed numbers with him, and they would meet quite often on West 72nd Street. But I was never privileged. I, I just was never in a situation with them. Well, one day I was walking down the street, and John and Yoko were in the grocery store and they were very visible you'd see them all over the neighborhood and I was shy and I went up to John and I introduced myself as Doc Palmas's daughter and he in the middle of a very crowded store he said Doc Palmas <laughs> and he sang the entire Save the Last Dance for me to me in in the middle of the Ruxton Deli which <laughs> I was and Yoko was just and I just backed out I was so blown away I just said thank you <laughs> I didn't but, know what to say. And that is the thing, that, that that's that rich kind of life, you know what I mean? And I think it comes through in your documentary. Like, so many of the times we, you know, these days we tend to think about money and portfolios, whatever. But to really live a full life of experiences, Doc is a phenomenal teacher in that way, you know? I think you're right. You know, I hadn't really. Th yeah, he it's he lived a very, very full life, and I wish it was a longer life. But he lived mm. a very, very full life. Yeah. Um, 
so many of these stories, and I don't want to give it away for people, but I had never seen a documentary, particularly one um, where you you run through this life with them and then you go to the funeral itself. Yeah. That's Niagara Falls time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was one of them. That's the, I, true. I honestly felt like I was, I felt like I lived the whole way through Doc, but at that funeral with Lou Reed getting up and... Uh, Doctor John, that song. I know. I don't. I, I don't want to give everything away, but you're it's right. Too much. It's too much. I just talked to Doctor John for about an hour yesterday. He still hasn't seen the movie Mac, as I call him, Mac. And uh, you know, I think he's going to be very emotionable, as he says, yeah. <laughs> when he sees it, because that was heavy. And he was one of those people that said that your father touched him in a way beyond working beyond just oh they were know. buddies and and you know he they called each other partners that's max word for yeah. partner partner and it's way beyond just being a partner it's a it's a whole deeper meaning you were around your dad writing music his whole life because it never really stopped he was always yeah he jazzy. always wrote did you think of it as a difficult thing to do for a living or a fun thing to do for a living or well, I grew, I was born into it, so yeah. I never knew otherwise. You know, he was either a professional songwriter or, for that short little window, a poker player. Gambler. So that's a whole other <laughs> little chapter there. But, um, so I saw how, I, he was always writing, you know, he's scribbling on pieces of paper, on matchbooks, on notebooks, and that's just what Dad did. So for me, that was, I knew my life was not normal compared yeah. to my friends, but I saw that it was doable life, a creative life. At what point do you, do you look around? What age are you before you look around and go, hey, this isn't incredibly normal this is <laughs> well i think from the get-go having a dad who was disabled like uh, being either in a wheelchair or on crutches that put me into another level out of the box from the you know from the start you're a little kid when you realize yeah my that, dad can't walk can't yeah. do anything like that so that was different mm -hmm. you know and so that sort of isolates you in a weird way when you have a parent that's different than everybody else well when you say isolates you do it you keeps you away from other kids or? kids are a little afraid of it yeah. you know when i was little in a suburb it took but my dad when you knew him in two seconds everybody right. loved him so it was like but kids are like oh why does he have those braces on his leg yeah. and i remember instances as a little kid people just little kids saying to me like what's wrong with your father Ooh, right. you know and you does have that make you overly protective yes which is an odd thing for a child to do you know that's not the natural thing for a child to think I have to protect my uh, my parent. You're right. You know? You're right. Yeah, I think it did. I I, <clears throat> I now that I think about it, it did. And um, also, you you feel guilty at times because when I was really little, you know, five and six, I actually remember thinking. Like, I'm almost embarrassed about it, sure. you know? So you go through all those weird sort of guilt things. Well, all, the only thing we don't want to be as children is different. Right, you exactly. Know what I mean? you, exactly. Your idea of a, of a great jacket is one that looks like everybody else's. Don't pick me out of a crowd. Exactly. And here, with your dad and, and your mom, uh, you could be picked out of a crowd for good or reasons that you don't want, you know? Right. The fact that you your parents were divorced at a young age is 
was strange to people. That was strange. Well, we chose to live in this little suburb that wasn't exactly like super upwardly mobile. And it was it was just like this middle class suburb, Lynbrook, which was a a fine little suburb. But nobody there was like in the theater or the arts. And uh, so right there we were having we we were the only people that put in a built-in swimming pool. They were like, whoa, Mm -hmm. where did that come from? You know, and then the drifters and, you know, all kinds of famous people would be in our backyard all the time. And I think my friends didn't have a clue. Like, what was our family? You know? Yeah. Uh, so So much of what your dad dealt with came in through the the music itself. If you look at his song, and he describes a little bit about Teenager in Love, that somebody thought to themselves that it isn't easy to be a teenager. That most of the time, I think most songs even now, that that thing would be put out there like, "Oh, isn't this the greatest thing in the world?" Right. <laughs> but to understand struggle and then put that into pop music is so goddamn brilliant. He really understood the pain. You know, he always looked at things sort of like from the blues point of view. You know, uh-huh. so he originally was going to be called. It's great to be young and in love. And then he realized it's torture to be young and in love. And so he switched it to, why must I be a teenager in love? And the genius thing about that, of course, is no one had really ever done it before in that way. No one ever said to themselves, this is torture. Right. Because when when adults would write for kids, it's nostalgia would be involved. Happy. Yeah. Um where do you think Doc was at his happiest? Where do you think? Oh wow! You know, That's over a, the course of the time there, I've, I don't think I've been asked that. Mm. I would say different waves throughout his entire life. You know, I think as a singer before I was born, he was in his element and just digging that. Really, he would have stayed with that forever if he could have. I think on a certain yeah. level, and then you know, I think he loved the sort of success of the Brill Building and being married and having a family and that run was so meaningful to him Mm -hmm. and then you know another time where he fell in love again and had a wonderful girlfriend shirley and then writing songs for with people like dr john he loved those years yeah he really did so he's had many runs you know teaching and teaching reed showing up to i mean that stuff is just amazing lou you know lou is the kind of person that like when he likes you and attaches himself to you he doesn't light up. So yeah. Lou was like every day in our life. And, you know, my father was so, you know, just started out of a phone call. They just became friends out of the box. And again, we don't want to give away every point, but right. when Lou is reading yes, any of your dad's writing, it's so amazing. There's so much feeling there that it's it's phenomenal. Well, Lou said to me, he wanted people to almost think it was my father reading it. Yeah. Like he was trying to sort of emulate his voice, but he, um, yeah, they're very soulful journal entries. Yeah. Also, I do want to bring this up. Uh, there is a, a couple lines that Dave Marsh has in this. Oh, Dave is he, amazing. He could take a song and sum it up for what it means for, an entire generation and how everybody else built on that. Dave would just come in with these little lines that were so perfect in this. Wow, you really watched this movie yeah, very I'm, closely. Yeah, I did. Because I'm impressed. Uh, Dave, when we interviewed Dave, every time we would just riff on different songs, like 
every song he could write a novel about it mm-hmm. and we could go in on each song we had so many options it was like dave gave us such a wealth of material to go in yeah he he and and he would sum it up so great but i really do believe that our culture is built one thing built on another and i really think if it wasn't for doc and some of the people of his generation that this could have been a totally different country in a way you know without some of those songs you know what i mean without some of those songs you would not have had the people who came behind them to to kind of compete and compare themselves to those songs well that's i think you're right i mean there are people laid the groundwork for i mean even like jerry goffin and carol king they were like slightly generation after my father Mm -hmm. only by a few years but jerry goffin told me uh, your father's songs helped me write like uh, all their great hits. They right. turned them upside down a little bit and flipped them around, you know. So everybody was sort of building, on, like you just exactly. said. Exactly. And Lieber and Stoller, well, they were contemporaries of my father, and they were we were they were all working from each other. So I think my dad's heart was very good because I like I was angry that this very famous song "Sha La 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 Live for Today" is yeah. a complete note for note ripoff of a song he wrote called uh, "I Count the Tears." If you listen to the melody and that's the same then and my dad said ah you know whatever he didn't pursue it as a lawsuit maybe today i would have it's too late now but i mean the point is everybody took from everybody that was part of the whole culture you kind of learn now outright theft is a whole nother story but you know it's everybody was getting off from the you know jumping off the platform of the other's shoulders and so much of that stuff was happening so fast yes you know yes just one after another well it's uh it's a tremendous uh piece of work it's called aka doc palmas but sharon i have to tell you if there was ever a chance that i could do something for my parents the way that you were able to do this for your dad i mean i think mm-hmm. i think that's a phenomenal thing Thank you. I, I'm, it's starting to sink in. You know, it's only been out in theaters like a week and, mm-hmm. and I'm realizing how it actually is, you know, it's a, it's a gift in a way that people get to know him the way I knew him. Absolutely. And even some people are going to get it on this run and some people are going to get it in a DVD. That's right. And years from now, as people who want to write songs follow along from, you know, well, who did this person get into and all? Uh, this piece of work will be there for them. And I think that's just terrific. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I worked with a great team of people, Peter Miller, Amy Linton, and Will Hector. So it was a real family effort. That's terrific. Thank you so much for stopping in. Oh, thank you for watching it so closely. I can really tell that you did your homework. I'll see you next time coming through, okay? Thank you so much. That was fun. You can dance. Every dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile, every smile for the man who held your hand neath the pale moonlight. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Oh, I know that the music's fine like sparkling wine. Go and have your fun. Oh, I know. Laugh and sing. But while we're apart, don't give your heart to anyone. But 
show um and it is uh monday after a very very big uh sports weekend amazing remember did you were you watching when we thought johnny football was injured forever i saw that that was, I was exciting i was my heart jumped into my throat when i saw that happen that he, he had a very close win uh, but again as much as i watch this guy and he's a blast to watch i cannot picture him in the nfl I don't think it's going to happen. He's going to go most likely in the first round. Some team's going to grab him. Oh, I'm not saying he won't get drafted. I'm saying, can this guy become a success in the NFL? Uh, if I had a team, I don't know if I'd risk it. I think uh, with the right offensive line, he'll fucking be able to do damn Who well. has the right offensive line? San Francisco uh, would probably be the only one. <laughs> do they? Because they're not exactly, you know, it doesn't stay that way. No. They certainly aren't as strong as they were before. Um, no, I don't. I think you got to look at it of whether this guy has long-term skills, and I'm I'm not 100 percent sold. I'm not 100 percent sold. Although he's a ball to watch right now. But how many times have we seen guys like uh, college basketball? Like, oh, look at him ball handle. This guy's so much fun. He dishes everywhere. He gets to the NFL. Slap, <laughs> slap. It's gone. I mean the NBA. Uh, you don't have any time to watch sports stuff, I guess, huh, Queef? No, nah, I try to watch like the Jets highlights, but I'm working nonstop. I would think the shortest thing in the world would be to watch Jets highlights. <laughs> I think if you've got, you know, if you got the time to take a piss, you could watch the Jets highlights. <laughs> hey, a field goal. All right. There's so few. I want uh, to thank everyone who was watching NFL with me on Red Zone yesterday on the iBang. Everyone turning out. And winners to announce. No Stick Zone was a winner on the iBang in the Pick'em Eliminator shit talk page yesterday. Also, Ken Doggy 13 was a winner. Surprises going out for hanging out with the Lonely Boy on Sundays watching NFL. What, what are you talking about prizes? What for? Oh, I was running um, contest. Quad box came up yesterday. Oh, we did have a quad box yesterday. There was a very quick quad box yesterday with Scott Hansen on the red zone. Was it a pure quad box? It uh, not everyone was in the red zone. But oh. oh, 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 controversial. Was that when the four class games were starting? It was. Yeah, it no. was. It oh. was right as. No, it wasn't one of those. Let's go to these games. No, you know? but a quad box. We even talked on the air. It has to be the purity of four teams in the red zone. And Hanson going crazy. Yeah. And the people going crazy. Like, I'm watching every one of these. Like, oh, my God, what's happening? What, field goals? Fucking, they're running it in? What? I thought we talked about that. 
Well, I made a judgment who, call. Who was supposed to get the prize? Uh, Ken Doggy 13. Tell Ken Doggy, fuck you. You get nothing. <laughs> Sam winner. Fucking You're Sam. the worst fucking winner we've ever had. Fuck you, Ken Doggy. You think Scott Hansen would fucking... No. I, I think if we're going to have the pureness of the quad box, it's got to be about that. I mean, building and building to see when that actually happens. When there's four... It's going to happen. There are four teams will be in the red zone at the same time sometime this season. Yeah, I wish we would have stuck with it. I made a mistake. You didn't just make the mistake. So did Ken Doggy. Yeah, He's yelling out a fucking fake quad box. He's probably fucking high on angel dust. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. What is this, fucking 1975? He's fucked up. Grow up, up Ken Doggy. Yeah, Red Zone didn't exist back then, dude. Actually, Ken Doggy should send us something for fucking jumping the gun. It says $18. I'll we'll spend them on fucking lottery tickets. Send us $18 in Canadian money. They have people playing hockey on their money. This could have been a fucking bit that ran on forever. And then when we would have got the actual pure quad box. Oh, my God. We all would have went crazy. I would have fucking thrown something through that window right there. I'm like, this is the best day of my fucking life. A pure quad box. I might even move to Boston after yesterday's <laughs> football and baseball. There isn't one sad person in Boston today. See, I, I thought that the point wasn't go, that it was going to be that we were going to keep adding prizes like it was a Powerball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> finally, the quad box became the most talked about thing in the country. You're winning 47 prizes for fucking a, a pure quad box. Yeah. Goddamn treasure trove. You got your own goddamn prize closet. This could be another Ask Ben article. What did he do? Did he bully this out of you? Did he just start a young quad box? No, I... What was the other prize for? Uh, box? No, we did a special teams contest. What's that? Oh. That was the next score off of a special teams play would win a prize. So, the week before, I had... Well, what prize did he win? Uh, that was uh, The Watchman on DVD, signed by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. For No, uh, no Shtick Zone won that. That was better than the shitty fucking quad box. He shouldn't get that either. Neither one of them should get, because that should never have been better than the Super Powerball quad box. There should be a prize given out if fucking Hanson talks shit about not taking commercials on, not doing commercials on Red Zone. Which, how many of those did you give out? I didn't do any of those. Come on, Fuzzy. Does the thing. That was the one we were all looking for. It's fun to hear, hear him shit on things. I like Scott Hanson. He's really cocky, and he should be. Well, the other problem that we had, and we didn't even know this, that if you get it off of something else, not cable. You get it off the dish, you don't get Scott Hansen. That's bullshit. So we got a quad box game that half the people can't even play. <laughs> quad box was already a sham of a contest, and then someone stole it out from underneath us. Bullshit, that guy should be fucking vetoed. And you know what, Can Scott we block him from the site? We get his IP address. How does that work? IP address is what we have to do. And Alright, so there's, the boot, there's bootleg feeds of Red Zone. Scott Hansen's on the bootleg feed. So even people who fucking don't have cable are using the Scott Hansen feed. He's the real dude. They did it behind the scenes on Red Zone. Yeah. And it was Scott Hansen, not the other guy. Scott Hansen's the NFL's boy. And really, our, oh, he's fucking our friend to all of us. Alright, this got written from a certain person who said there was bullying going on in the room. People 
ganging up on people and calling themselves the Watley Posse. Posse. Oh my was God. this true, Fez? That was towards the end of the evening where people were taking exception to Mr. Obvious. They didn't think he was being fun in the room and being in the spirit of things. Who was attacking him? Um, uh, I think No Stickstone was attacking him. All right, that also cost him his prize. Who else? Um, Disney Spy, I think, was on him. Disney Spy? What, what fucking year is this? That guy's still alive? So I told everyone to be cool. Everyone is welcome on the Red Zone with the Lonely Boy. I just appreciate getting to hang out with people. But why don't you ban people that were ganging up on people? Yeah. I don't like the bullying thing. It's, Maybe it's because I watch Glee. Yeah. But I don't like the bullying. It could lead to bad things. All right, this person, and I'm going to protect their anonymity... Uh, said that ECU Pirate was the ringleader. Was mm -hmm. he in there, too? Yeah. You sit, think of him as a ringleading bully type personality? Yeah. Why is everyone picking on Mr. Obvious? Well, they were seeing Mr. Obvious as a bully. They thought he started bullying. They came back at him. It just started escalating. Uh, and it has to be about football for the lonely boy. Well, it shouldn't be. It, shouldn't, it should be about everything if you're going to ask people to fucking hang out with you. Fun time. But, uh... Let's ban some of these people. Uh, who are the ringleaders? I got ECU Pirate. Done. Banned for life. Peace out. Lifetime banned. Peace out, jerk. Um, and who else would you say is a ringleader? I think um, No Stickzone was going after Mr. O. Okay, so he gets a prize and banned. And who else? And I believe Disney Spy had jumped in on it, too. I can't even believe he's still alive. He's been around for a long time. Is it Imposter Disney Spy, maybe? Mm. Yeah, it probably is. I'm never even sure if the Disney spy was the same guy anyway all the time. <laughs> even back then. It's like NWK. You don't know what's real. Should we give the... Uh, who would you say the other person is? Mr. O? Mr. Obvious. Does he get our protection or is he also bad? Well, he was instigating things. So maybe he should get... Maybe it's the whole the maybe. group should be... The whole group should get banned then if we're starting to ban people. Well, we never have before, so this is exciting. This is getting fucking But nuts. you have to do this kind of thing if Fez loses control of the room. Or do you need somebody in there with you to do the banning and controlling? Yeah, that would that would be good because I'm trying to focus on hosting and well, this was done, and prizes. This is done for you, though. It's not an official thing. This is a nice, fun Sunday afternoon. All right, give me your band list so I can go over it. Because I don't know who all the people are. I don't know who the folks are. Why don't you just tell me? What are you writing it down for? Oh, I thought you said give it to you. Well, I'm standing here, right here. I'm a person. <laughs> we do radio. Someday we'll do a writing show. Who are we banning? ECU Pri Pirate? Yeah, no stick zone. Um, Disney Spy. How long and are Mr. you there Obvious. for? Um, started at 1 o'clock and was there till I think 7.45 last night through Why? the 4 o'clock games. Why are you there for six and a half hours? <laughs> I think Why once, are you online? That's too long to be online. The red zone opportunities, once the quad box opportunities go away, I think would be the time. Because that's the big prize. That's the fucking Powerball. He's saying just the 1 o'clock games. Why don't we just ban it this, instead of banning everyone, just ban it this week that we won't have one. Reset it? Maybe you should make it as a, as a Monday night next week. Oh. I know that you're really, really lonely, but I think this gets crazy after a while.
I think the Monday night game next week is uh, Giants. All right, I got this from Mr. Obvious. Why should I be banned when I'm the victim? That is a fucking good point. All right, let's have a vote on it. Should he be banned? The victim? No. Uh, no, I don't blame victims around here, no. All right, so we're going to keep the victim. Why did you stay through two games? Maybe that's why they started to become rowdy at the end. Well, it was a situation of I had said the prizes were going to go up, and then I didn't want to bail on the late games, too, but this because about- I didn't restrict it to when I was doing like the special team score and everything. I didn't restrict it to 1 o'clock games. Mm. All right. Um, all right, I got another email from Mr. Obvious saying thanks for not letting that dick ban me. <laughs> You're welcome. See, that goes back to bullying. What's bu- but he's fighting back because he was attacked. Um, Pete, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello, boys. Hey, how I, are you, uh, sir? I feel the need to call in and uh, uh, pretty much not defend, but just uh, explain myself. This is uh, the writer of the AskMen.com article. Oh, oh nice to talk to you. <laughs> I... Uh, just uh, a very genuine fan, uh, even going back from, I mean, Joe Pooh from Bayonne, New Jersey, WAW, right. big card days. Um, I was just writing the piece as I was listening to the show. Um, I was I started writing the piece after I found out about that Pet Shop Boys, PETA noise. Right. And I, the Chevy thing came up. Agree to disagree, says. Um, but I just I felt the need to include it. I didn't mean to attack whatsoever. I'm no, we, uh, all you did was report the fact that we were all appalled by what he was saying that day. Anyway, I thought that was the Fez has stepped into the nut world forever that day. No coming back. Yeah, just finding how many things to be upset about. <laughs> but in all in all reality, the only and that was that wasn't even a Jocktober inspired thing. I had heard it uh, previous. I heard it live. Um, but even the only reason I listen to comedic radio at all, says if you're if you're still there, yes. um, is is because I, I was not a big radio fan. I wasn't a Howard guy, but I'm a wrestling guy. I happened to hear The Nature Boy so many years ago, and so then I became a, a fan. Boy. And then it, you turned on to you guys. Got turned on to One. Um, but yeah, never meant it by uh, meant no harm. It's just the crazy thing was a little crazy. No harm, uh, no foul. Congratulations on the article too. Much, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I just want to let it be known that I, I was by no means trying to uh, be combative. I wouldn't insult you guys, but that just needed that it, it fit into the article all too easily. No, yeah, sure, I understand. But, if I was uh, writing an article about people being fucking freaking out about every little thing, I definitely would add Fez in there. <laughs> so just, just wanted to call in and, uh, and explain myself. And uh, thanks for even reading it and uh, linking to it. But uh, uh, Fez, if you were bummed out, my apologies. Now, Fez, you weren't bummed out, were you? He said you just want to be quiet so you weren't quoted again. Yeah, I know the Scotch of journalism that's out there. Scotch of journalism. What's that mean? It was a Sarah Palin joke. Oh, see, I didn't didn't file it. What did he say? What did she say? uh, She was calling Katie Couric gotcha journalism. Oh, gotcha. I thought you said Scotch in journalism. So I'm like, what the fuck's that mean? Is Pete an alcoholic? Yeah. I love the fact you ripped one out of the headlines from four years ago, but I just didn't know I I got the word wrong. All right, thanks, dude. Thanks, guys. Peace. Uh, If you want to read his article, you can link up on the Interabang today. He wrote it for Ask Men, askmen.com, where Fezzi fell in with um, Pet Shop Boys and... 
people would get a little upset over everything. The hypersensitivity. Speaking of Fez's hypersensitivity, when Fez had his first breakdown, yeah. it was an attack on uh, a friend of ours from years ago, uh, Mikey D. And Lene are stopping in today. And that goes back, that was Fez's initial breakdown. God, coming up on 10 years, maybe. I don't know. But that was the night that it was the first time I ever saw Fez lose it on the air. First time Fez ever cried. I thought it, it was just because he was drunk and I was like trying to calm him down. Yeah. But the funny thing is, we would take that Fez back today. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. That kind of crazy Fez is, you know, Preferable. would be welcomed. All right, give me the band list, Fez. All right, we have uh, Mr. Obvious. Now, Mr. It's, Obvious, we voted back in. Well, then, so who's banned? Then it's down to ECU Pirate and No Shtick Zone. Should they both get a ban? Well, I don't think you should ban them if you're not banning Mr. Obvious. Well, if you were only to ban one of them, who would you who would you ban? It would have to be ECU Pirate, doing the most of the... He was just a fucking asshole. Doing the most okay. of the going back and forth with Mr. Obvious. Well, why didn't you tell him at the time? Like, fucking be cool. I did. That's exactly what I said. Everyone be cool here. That's I like that thing. I like when you do that. <laughs> Reminds me of the old Limwood fucking dance when somebody's going to take a chair in the back. <laughs> the scream, bitch be cool, bitch be cool. Like it's yeah. fucking Pulp Fiction. It's a hell of a scene, isn't it? Oh, it's the fucking best. We're all going to be little Fonzies <laughs> here, you understand? What's Fonzie? C -c cool. <laughs> She pisses herself. Come on, spoiler. Do I alert. need to break before we bring in Mikey, or what do I need to do? Uh, we could take a little. It, should, yeah, let's break. Let's break. I mean, I don't. You don't seem like you really care about it. I care very much. I'm just waiting to see when uh, people are signing in. Well, we can do the 42 when we get back. Beautiful. All right. There's going to be the 42 winners, and your chance to win when we get back. We put up uh, 42. Of the greatest winning pictures of all time. Beautiful. Everybody loves a winning picture. And look at some of these. What are some of these that we have up here? Uh, we got the Celtics winning with the bird. <laughs> and, um, oh, that old Yankees picture when uh, Yogi Berra. Don Larson. Um, different, different stuff has uh, popped up over the years. The track and field, they're always really great because they'll wrap the flags around themselves. The Muhammad Ali picture is great. Here's a picture of me jumping up and down and looking so ecstatic. Do you remember what that's from? No, what? Fez's first heart attack. Oh. And I really felt like such a... Like I did it. I did it. So you're right after that, so I just missed that photo up. Uh, there's a list at the bottom. Um, that you can go to the that Michael Jordan picture where he was actually crying. I don't know if that should make it because that's not a happy winner's thing. He was thinking about his dad. But he was a winner that day. Uh, there's uh, Tiger getting his thing. So we'll talk about this when we get back. But there's something really great about the big sports winning pictures. Uh, we'll be back and give away signed Doc Gooden when we get back. Mm -hmm. It's the Ron and Fez show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OB and Anthony channel. More in moments.
say she never cared and that she never will. I do it all again. I It's the Ron Fez Show. I'm getting a little emails. I did not know that um, that this thing turned so controversial over the weekend with Fez. It's supposed to be a nice, fun, red zone hangout for Lonely Mill. Uh Mr. O said he was just trying to ask you some questions and people attacked. And you said that you only like to talk about what? Football? Yeah, let's Nothing keep else? it to football. Um... And then Shrekalov said she wants Mr. Obvious banned um, because she wanted to talk about Sunday snacks. And Mr. O's writing back that that's because Fez said keep it to football. I don't know whether, I think if you're going to have something like that, it's got to be wide open for everything to be discussed. Well, it's a forum, right? Right. Like, you don't, if you went over and watched football with your friends and you said, so. What are we doing? Uh, did shut you see up. that concert? Don't you talk about that? Yeah. So let's just shut it down. No one's banned. We'll shut it down. Okay. Get that taste out and of that our way. Mouth. Everybody's a winner. Everybody's a winner. It's shut down. But can it come back? Not in its current form. Oh. That's for sure. Uh, because there's many people saying that we said that it had to be a pure thing, and they were waiting for the pure. Yeah box and we'd said if you would if you did it before that you wouldn't be able to get a prize i don't know what to do a reset i know over. one thing you don't start talking about snacks shrek i love that's God. fucking crazy where does she get off huh hell is her problem i believe she gets off in phoenix that's where she lives and she rises like the phoenix Maybe it should be watched for a uh, wrestling night with uh, our own Vito. Monday Night Raw is? Yeah. I would love that. You're a big Raw watcher. You working Monday nights? No. Monday I get out of class at 9. So like, I'm actually not even home for the start. I watch it on That's, DVR. That, how are we going to do that? <laughs> watch a DVR with you? You fuck. We all, we all press play at the same all time. Now I want everybody to stop cursing because look who's in here. Little Lene, but all grown up. Hi, Ron. Hi, uh, <laughs> Do we have any of those old uh, phone calls? We will check. Oh. Lene, how, how old are you now? 16. Well, and how old were you when you started calling the show? Four. Wow. Yeah. Lene's dad, Mikey, is here as well. Uh, this is ridiculous to me. <laughs> and she's like rocked out. Oh, she's really rocked out. Yeah, she's a real she's, What is she, in the Runaways? I don't know about this. <laughs> we bring her back to Runaways? It's like Susie Quattro has shown up in my life again. So what kind of rock music you into? Um, well, I guess I'm into everything. Yeah. I mean, my dad's in a Kiss tribute band, so I hear a lot of Kiss all the time. Too much? A little bit. <laughs> too much yeah. for me, too. <laughs> what do you tell the schools and the kids at school? Do you tell them that your dad's in a Kiss tribute band? Yeah. They actually uh, all love him. Is that right? <laughs> they love Kiss or they love your dad? 
Uh, I don't think they love Kiss. They just love, they love your me. dad. Sure. Love sure they love me. These are the girls you hang around with? Yeah. You know to be careful around yeah. that, right, Mikey? <laughs> I'm careful, believe me. Because I noticed this, and I can't believe it. Lene's got a little figure now. She does. And she had major reconstructive facial surgery in July. Yeah. Does she look different? Well, I, I don't think she looks different at all, but it's like sharper now. Hmm. It's like a sharper look for you. Are you happy you had the surgery? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, what do you hate? I hated the recovery process. <laughs> but did you get I any guess, pills? Did I get no? Uh, not pills. <laughs> Liquid. Pills. I drank it. Liquid what? Liquid Morphine? codeine. Oh, yeah, it sucks. And my mouth was like rubber bandage shut. Oh, yeah. Made the anything. recovery process go <laughs> through nice and smooth. <laughs> for daddy. Yeah, for daddy. Daddy. Uh, here's the winning uh, pictures. Uh, if you put up, what was the greatest, I guess that greatest uh, excitement sports moment of your life? As part of the 42, uh, we got a great sign doc Gooden for you. Now, for me, other than like playing in Little League and stuff like that, it was the 1980 Phils. When the 1980 Phils won, then I know the rest of my life is okay. <laughs> the rest of my life will go okay now. It's going to work out. And it's not like my teams have had many championships since then. As a matter of fact, just one other in 2007. But it's been fine once you get one. Yeah. Once you get one. I'm not a Yankee fan. I don't need one every three years. Vito, for you, what was your big championship moment? Well, I personally haven't been alive for any of my team's championship moments because I root for all the worst teams in the world. But I love looking at videos and like the picture of the 1986 Mets. And the 1969 Mets for me, like those pictures, I get chills every time I see it. Especially like... Mike, are you a Mets guy? I'm more of a Yankees guy, but I oh. live right by Shea, so I go see Mets. Because I was trying to think, what do you think is more exciting, 69 or 86? 69, I think, you know, how can you get past the first one? 73 was an exciting one, even though they lost. But yeah. that was good. Th th that came out of it. That's not good. That would be part of the losing pictures. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think it's 86 because... Like the '86 Mets were the biggest thing, in, like they were bigger. You were than right. The, they were bigger than the Yankees at their time, and that's saying a lot. Like in and York, the great Bill Buckner thing. They yeah. should have lost it. They won it. It was incredibly exciting. The people in Boston never got over it. Like the really great next time that we have that is going to be when the Chicago Cubs finally win one. I think that'll be phenomenal. Uh, when the New Orleans Saints won. After being so awful so many years. Oh, my God. And um, and Breeze put his kid up. That actually is kind of a pretty nice picture. And being smart enough to put those earphones on his <laughs> yeah. kid's ear, knowing that shit was going to be exploding. I mean, you know you're going to win the Super Bowl when you're like, we better bring some head protection for the baby. <laughs> I don't want when everyone's cheering for his dad. I don't want anybody fucking blowing out his eardrums. Come on, be a good father, Breeze. I mean that that picture. Like I know my mom like was in love with that picture, and then like he had the baby on Oprah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Women uh, loved him for that because they love. It's like, oh, we're not gonna have sex with you, but we wish that we married you. And then anything with confetti is great. Like I think the one moment where that really hit me, like, and I'm not even like the Ravens picture. I remember watching that last year and just like seeing, like you see the pure joy and excitement. That was like that was the only time I was like, wow! I actually saw how happy 
one of these athletes was to win the Super Bowl. Like, but remember when we were told by the Niners, like those guys were taken off the field immediately, so they can't ruin it. Yeah. And there was, there was a gate put up so they couldn't get back in. <laughs> Losers that way. You're not like this isn't a field. You can't get on. Right. This is a TV studio for you. Beat it. <laughs> um, you can put this up on the iBanger. Give us a call. We've got signed Doc Gooden, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What was your favorite all-time championship moment? Uh, Mikey D and Lene are sitting in here. Mikey, Mikey D, you're looking at your own death as your daughter yes, gains strength. <laughs> you tend to wither away into nothingness. Absolutely. And this is going to be the person that will bury you. I know. Probably. Have you thought about getting her a new mommy yet? Uh, well, we're still working on it, but yeah. no uh, no takers. Really? Yeah. You haven't been in a real strong relationship? No. Now, how long ago did you guys break up? Uh, three years ago. And in three years? No. Nothing, nothing that's... Anything that gets kind of close, they don't want to have like a kid involved. They say, "Why would you say that in front of your kid?" <laughs> no, I've told oh, her that before. I told her that, that before. <laughs> like I don't, I I don't want to be there because of your kid. Yeah, because I'm some sort of punk. <laughs> I kind of think they, that, that I'm looking for another mommy, but I mean, she's she's 16. almost she's, she's yeah, almost she's gonna off. leave. Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe she'll stay. Um. Here's uh, Grant. Philly, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. I wasn't allowed in 1980, so I had to wait until 08, but that picture of uh, Brad Lidge just dropping to his knees after that last pit and Chooch jumping on top of him, it's like I got that hanging in my hanging in my living room. Uh, that That is a great one. You're going into the finals for that. Uh, Fez, just bring it down a little bit. That Bobby Orr has got to be the most famous ever. The other way. There he is. Of uh, where he's Superman, it literally looks like he's flying. You can't. I don't think that that picture's personally beatable. Of th when you're talking about pure joy and emotion, here is a person who you are seeing their life highlight right there. Like nothing could be better than that. Captured forever. There's now, what sucks is with, like most of us don't have a job where we get to have that kind <laughs> oh, no. of excitement. Like, yes, we got the truck shipped out. <laughs> Most of the time, it just feels like it's a constant grind. <laughs> You're just pushing a rock. On to the next thing. Lene, what do you want to be? What's uh, your career plans? I want to pursue acting. Yeah, that's not going to work. What are yeah. you really going to do, though? <laughs> what are you going to do when that but stops? My backup plan is yeah. um, I want to go to NYU Poly for engineering. What about your dad? How's he going to pay for that? Oh, she's getting a scholarship. She has a 99 average. What does that mean, 99? What'd you miss? <laughs> it's my acting classes. <laughs> oh, shit. Doesn't translate to engineering. Um, here's uh, Anthony. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Uh, no, I was calling. I was agreeing with uh, the other guy saying, you know, about the, the 86 World Series. I say the, the whole Mookie Wilson... Billy, uh, Bill Buckner incident has to be my favorite. Yeah, that was um, um, that was pretty goddamn phenomenal. Even last night, it goes to show you like how great it can feel when those guys come chasing the guy from first base, the whole team. Yeah, in the second, I was screaming at my house. 
Amazing. I'm screaming in my house. I don't want the fucking Red Sox to win. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go get them. We're all winners in our own way. That was jerks. Um, the uh, and you can of course run write this up over on the 42. The 42. Check out the pictures and come up. What is the greatest moment in sports history? We got all the great pictures up there. All the great winners. Here's to the winners. And we are the champion. Jameson, you're on the Running Fest show. Hi, gentlemen. I'd like to elect the 1980 men's hockey team, the Olympic team. And uh, quick aside with Bill Buckner, they said he was so depressed after that happened, he walked out in front of a bus in Boston and tried to kill himself. No, and he went between didn't. his legs. And went between his legs. Oh, stop. God. <laughs> Boston. Uh, yeah, that 1980 Olympics. See, here's the beauty of the 1980 Olympics. And this is something Yankee fans can never understand. They're not supposed to win. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you win and you're not supposed to win, that's the greatest thing that could happen. And a Yankee will never know what it's like to beat the odds. That's right, baby. We're the favorites. Yankees don't get to beat the Yankees. So they're never remembered. You know what I mean? The only Yankees team that's really remembered is the 27 Yankees. Because no team has been better than them yet. Ever. <laughs> and they might never be, actually. No, yeah. no, they can't be. <laughs> no, one can, no one is allowed to cheat that bad anymore <laughs> as New York. Um, here's Rob. Rob, you're on the Run and Fez show. All right, let's move on. Here's Chuck. Chuck, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hi. I was thinking of uh, when th that image of Joe Namath jogging off the field after he beat the Colts, and when the AFC wasn't taken seriously at all at that time. They were actually the AFL. And the weird thing is, look how like coolly he's doing that. It's not like he's making a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. They had to go out of their way to find something, because he's not ecstatic. He's just like, yeah, Joe did his thing, cool. <laughs> called I, it. By the way, I called all the plays, though. <laughs> so how's that? This is I'm the fucking general. Uh, tough to beat that one. I've got one. Okay. Mark Messier holding the cup in 1994. It's a giant one for New Yorkers. That was a big one. Giant one for New Yorkers. You're going to put that over Bobby Orr fucking laid out like as the Superman. Fucking Boston Bruins. <laughs> but look at that picture. I know. That's a great picture. In terms of pure joy. Yeah, yeah. Look at that picture. And you got Messier holding up a cup like a... <laughs> swear to God, like anybody would when they're at an ice cream But place. it was the Rangers, man. Um... Here's uh, Jim. You're on the Run of Fez show. Jim, we got you. Oh yeah. Um, uh, even though they lost, ended up losing the World Series. Uh, Fisk's home run in '75 in Game Six that, that brought him into Game Seven was, was ridiculous. Especially, you know, at that time they didn't have cameras taking every sh every. You're exactly like right. Did. I mean that picture itself and that game itself. You know. There becomes points where you could just kind of uh, touch those moments. Here, here's how great the game is last night. My dad's in his 80s, and I get a text from him that says, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this game is incredible. And I was like laughing my ass off because it was like getting a text from a little kid. Um, let's go over to... Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Um, I'm not even a Yankee fan, but I have to say, the picture of Babe Ruth 
when he's an old man wearing his jersey. That doesn't make sense. Stadium. That's the saddest picture ever. Yeah. That's a downer. That's terrible. We're talking about being winners. Yes. <laughs> Winning pictures. Not pictures that would make us cry Drink. for no reason. Uh, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. I still love the image of at the end of the 1980 World Series, you know, they yes. tug throws the last pitch. It's a strikeout, and it, he waits like it seems like two minutes for Schmidt to come over and jump on him. But that image of him jumping up on Tug McGraw. And you know what I love? love Not it. one of these fucking pricks put a, that picture up. <laughs> oh, oh, let's put Ranger pictures up mm. and Nick's pictures. Fucking idiots. Thank you. Oh, come hey. on, come You're on. You're going into the finals here. <laughs> You're going into the finals. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Alex in Idaho. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I'd like to say my favorite uh, was the BSU and Oklahoma game, Fiesta Bowl, where it was so awesome, Ian Johnson got down and asked his wife, to marry him, his fiance. I hated that. Oh, I hated no the fakeness of that. It was like being at the Today Show. <laughs> uh, Christy, you're on the Ron Fed Show. Christy. Oh, hi. Hey. Are you on the moral dilemma? Well, or I'm, moral conundrum, I'm sorry. Whatever you need to do, honey. I'm here for you. No, I was looking for some advice. I have a friend, a close friend, that was taking care of um, a dog as uh, their owner went off to Europe for a couple years, and the owner has come back um, pretty much, like, unexpectedly and is expecting to take his dog back. Um, it was a seven-year-old dog, and now it's nine years old, um, and I'm having trouble seeing the other side and which side is right, and I was just looking for some advice. Now, who has the dog now? Uh, our close family friend. And who wants the dog back? The person that went over to Europe. All right. I'm just saying. To raise the dog. In my case, you're gone for two years. This is my fucking dog. Period. <laughs> That's abandoned. So, <laughs> then what is the, is there, you know, we're all reasonable people. Like, we don't want to take it legally or the right. papers are signed over into my friend's name. So How about this? This is what I would say. Fuck you. I'll fuck you up. Because, <laughs> because like, taking this dog, right, is yeah. like fucking taking my heart. Right. It's my dog now. But yeah. That was the agreement. agreement. That was the Did agreement. Yeah. Watch the dog while I'm in Europe. Here's another agreement. Uh, take my girlfriend to the movies while I'm out of town. Anything can fucking happen, right? <laughs> Two people can fall in love. You have to come back and say... I fell in love with this fucking dog. Yeah, and and there's and the agreement with what? Dog is it written involved? in writing? It can't is be. there a contract? No. There's no, there wasn't. This I mean, dog it was starved a understanding, to death. but you know, after two years, things change. Oh, I agree with you 100. Yeah, percent You well, fucking you tell that much. person. <laughs> thank you. Your dog is dying two years ago. You'd have been over it by now. Actually, they just shot right, the dog right. in the head, really. Right. Because guess what? You didn't love your dog enough to take it to Europe? Yeah, how long was away for right. two years without the dog? Right. Right, exactly. And what there was no contact in between and no... Because it belongs to the person that left it with the friend. Uh, would you leave your girlfriend uh, alone for two years and expect it not to fall in love? Hmm? It. Yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying dogs and girls are very same. They're very loyal to who's ever close They're to them. They're both bitches. Who, yeah, they oh, are. Whoa. Whoa. There we go. Got you there, Whoa. Ben. I don't think I was gotten at all. This, Christy, Whoa. this is this is your dog. 
right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Bye bye. You can't fucking. I wish I had, I wish I had one of those judge shows. <laughs> <laughs> Fez is going for the truth, Bob. But Lene got offline of the day. She's for both bitches. Ripped it up. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Let's go back over here to Bob. Bob, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, you guys aren't giving the West Coast any love. How about Kirk Gibson's home run over the A's and Tommy Lasorda's reaction? Let me tell you something. I got California love for you right now. That was, to me, one of my favorite sports moments ever. Because, again, he wasn't supposed to do it. He should have folded. He should have given in. But, no, he went for it. California yeah, the big, love. The big smile on his face as he's pumping his fist. Yeah. There he goes. Here's the finals, dude. <laughs> Somebody just wrote in, here's what Fez's comeback should have been. A dog is only a bitch if it's a girl. Why do you just sit there, Fez, and take it? Well, you didn't think of that, right? No, that sounds like another truth bomb. When uh, <laughs> when you took, well, that would have been a funny truth bomb, though. <laughs> uh, when you took your cat and threw it off Niagara Falls, we all thought it was sad. Uh, Dave, you're on the run of Fez show. Still broke up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, he killed the cat. And months went by where he told us he still had the cat. Oh, God. And even enough that when he went into the nut hut the last time, <laughs> I was le saying, let me take the cat in case you're in there for an extended period of time. I don't want it. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we she loved... And I'm driving him out to the fucking place, which took hours because of traffic jams. Kokomo Joe offered to go there and fucking take care of the cat, too. Stay in the house and yeah. live there. Yeah. So, and care for that poor cat. We know what it's like to be sent to Europe. Dave in Wisconsin. Yeah, not a giant NASCAR guy, but when Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona 500, and not only did all the teams come out, but everybody on pit lane met him, and it took was like amazing, 20 minutes yeah. for him to... Yeah, to get the victory lane. That, that picture's one. up on the iBank today, too. That's a terrific one. Um, Jim, you're on the Running Fest show. Yeah, 1960, when Bill Mazeroski beat the Yankees. The joy on his face as he's rounding third base with the fans all in the field running behind him. Is that um, is that a statue out in in, in Pittsburgh? I believe it yeah. is. Yeah, down the right field line. That's fantastic. Yeah, you're in the finals. Uh, Jason, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, buddy, good afternoon. I was going to say, how about when Hank Aaron hit his 714th home run, running around the bases? Well, what's great about that, and this is how the 70s were different, there's just a couple of 70s dudes with long hair and mustaches. Just, just ran out with them. Like, this is Perfect. fucking great, dude. No one <laughs> shot <now>. them or <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, they weren't fucking seen as fucking terrible people. It was like, yeah, you should be running with them. <laughs> Good, you're happy You've done a lot, too. You got, a, <laughs> you got a great big mustache. Didn't they give him like, a little pat on the back, too? Yeah, they were just friends Good with him. Good job, man. And, you know, he wasn't crazy about having white people run out there because <laughs> leading up to that, every racist was acting like they were going to kill him. Yeah, he was just getting threats constantly. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Carrie, you're on the Run of Fez show. This is so fun. Carrie, we got him. Hey, how's it going there, Ron? Yeah. Hey, first of all, I want to say you guys are the pen and teller of talk radio. Thank you very uh, much. <laughs> uh... 
Uh, picture Joe Carter jumping up for joy when he hits. Well, that never happened. Nothing like that ever happened. And that fucking Penn and Teller line is offensive now. I decided. Good. I got it in the back of my mind. That never happened, though. Nothing happened. We won the pennant, and then they canceled the World Series that year. And Kruk and Dutch Dalton are still the champions of the world. Of the whole goddamn world. Uh, Dan and Phil, you're on the Run of Fetish Show. Hey, boys. How you doing today? Good. Good. Hey, uh... Memorable moments. I mean, uh, when, it, when Brandy Chastain hit her penalty kick and then ripped her top off. Fantastic. That really stands out in my mind. Fantastic picture. Live forever. Uh, and all America. This goes to show you how much America loves to win a championship. During that run, they all became girls' soccer fans. Oh, yeah. It was fucking, it was huge. It blew the and fuck up. And when people are like, uh, no one's into girls' sports. All you got to do is win world championships and we will be. <laughs> if we can celebrate a world championship... We will love it. And take your shirt off. God bless her for that. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, really, is a, a, a sports bra and a bathing suit top, it's about the same yeah, thing. still. That's nice. None of these um, girls will be with you because you have a daughter, huh? No, no, no. no. I didn't say every one it's of all them. In a, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's Some of me. them are your own personality. It's probably me. Maybe if you date age appropriate. You know what I mean? No, I want to go down. You know? <clears throat> 30s. Well, then you can't you can't expect them to win a sixteen year old daughter. <laughs> and Lene, is it weird for you that you ruin your dad's life? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Do you ever see the ex anymore, Mikey? No, I don't see her. She's banned. Banned from your life. Banned from the house. Lene, you still see her there, right? Yes. Will you give her my best? All right. The way you say that, it's like you don't. Oh, oh, okay, I will. Are you ever like this? Like, uh, looks like Ron sides with Dad. Yeah. I met your mom first <laughs> before your dad. It's true. How are you going to do that? But you know, you can't expect everyone to stay together, though. You know, life's hard. I had my hard, rough spot. It's yeah. done. Over. I know Vito's parents didn't stay together, and Chris's parents didn't stay together. Nope. Mm-mm. They, How come your parents broke up? Well, they passed away. Oh, that oh, okay. really was no one's choice there. I know, I know Fez's parents were married over fifty years, but when they separated, oh, um, they separated by death. Oh, no. Yeah, then your mom got the umbrella. She stole my umbrella the night that his dad died. She's like, "It's raining. Can I borrow an umbrella? I give it to her, and she flies it back to Florida. I guess sold it down there for a lot of money. That umbrella was given to me." By my grandfather. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's a family umbrella. I had the family crest on it. And she didn't. She, uh, so she's just a thief then. Like, if you see something like that, you give it. I back. I don't want to accuse because she just lost her husband. <laughs> well, there's a time. Why place. would that get to last? Yeah, you know that's awful. Odd. There's a time and place for everything. Sorry. Um. Here's uh, Craig. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, how can we ever forget the big block that Pat Minocchi threw in the 1984 state championship game? That's fantastic. Mustangs? Uh, yeah, that goes in. That's actually going in uh, as for finals. Uh, I don't know if you can get bigger than that. No, immortalized. We all remember we, where we were when Pat Minocchi threw that uh, block. Yeah. And then every time he's at an eating contest, I'll yell it out. 
Like, remember that block you threw in 84? That block the rest of them from eating. Yeah. Put the queen down a little bit. You know, if I listen to much queen, it starts to drive me nuts. Okay. I don't right. know whether you have it on the loop. Like, some queen's fine. Fat bomb girls? <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. That has nothing to do with this. It's a good down. song, though. Um, Mikey, you nervous that Lene's getting this little shape now? Uh, yeah, but... She's uh, a looker. She is a looker. She's a looker. Yeah. You got a boyfriend, Lene? No. No one can put up with me. Yeah, you and your dad are the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Whoa! Whoa. I forgot. Whoa. It's been a long time. Um, so you date, but you know, it's you can't get it that steady. No, You're I don't date at all. You don't want to date. It's not like I don't want to. It's just I have no... There's no fish in the pond. That's not true. Come on. Worth catching. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because I was going to say, you can always date black. And that's always an option. Vita, why is this funny for you? <laughs> this, is, this, is the year 20, this is the year 2013. We're totally open to that. Well, he did tell like, us you that. You would not have a problem with I that, have right? I have no problems with that. No, that's nice. Well, Vito told us that story off oh, the Oh, I don't even want to get into okay, that. Okay, yeah. He was accused. Mm. Um, Sounds like he was caught, not accused. I was accused. That, those things happen. Yeah. Um, let's go over to... Patrick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Bonnie, I was going to talk about Elway, but I think I changed my mind. I like when Scotty Norwood pulled that field goal in the last second to let the Giants win in the Super Bowl. Made a lot of money on that one. Yeah, that was a great, you know. Remember back then, we still thought that that was an upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We were like, at the time, we are like, this is going to be the greatest upset of all time. And then later we're like, no, the Patriots are a really good team, and they're going to be good for the next 14 years. Uh, but at the time we're like, uh, they're going to be destroyed. That's amazing. Hicks, for you, yeah. was it the time that that truck was going to the pharmacy and turned over and all the pills <laughs> spilled out? You people see this? I just got a great idea for you two. Why don't you date a, a mother and son team? Double date. We should do that. Put it out there. And swap. <laughs> It'll be like a European family. <laughs> I think it's like a like motherandsons.com or something. It's like a website. Is there? Like you even have to guess that. <laughs> if he's going to say it, there's some disgusting thing that exists. But seriously, right. who would not want to date you two? I don't know. I don't know. I'm adorable. What, you Both of you are. Yeah. What kind of person wouldn't be interested? All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Me? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Vinny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Vinny. Yo. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go West Coast again. 1982, Cal Stanford. About 25 laterals and the tuba player just get owned in the end zone. I don't know if I think of that as a victory picture. That's like a funny uh, goof picture, but... I'm not playing California love for that guy. No. That's only for real fucking West Coast love. California. Knows how to party. He's right. That Kurt Gibson moment might be the greatest ever. It's pretty amazing. I don't know why you have the 68 Olympics with the kind of uh, black protests going on. That doesn't seem like overly happy. Oh, well, they beat Hitler, though, so I think it's happy for <laughs> it's everyone <not> else. Hitler? <laughs> Hitler was around 68. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. 
Olympics missed. <laughs> Hitler was what the forty? No, thirty-six. Thirty-six. Was it that early? Yeah. Mm. They beat Hitler. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to beat a guy once he's dead. <laughs> yeah, it could be easier years. than that. Well, she's pretty popular these days. Um, let's go over to Scott. Scott, you're on the run of the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I got uh, Jack Nicholas from the 86 Masters. Wait till they get a load of me. Yeah, that was fantastic. He did the Joker voice. <laughs> oh, he Nicholas. says correcting himself. Nicholas. Not Nicholson. Nicholas. Nicholas. No dating at all for you. There's dating, but uh, nothing serious. Horse? Yeah. Horse no, master? I, I tend to stay away from the horse. Where are you meeting? The, are, are, do you belong to a dating site? Or I go to, on this OkCupid okay thing. Yeah. Because yeah, that's like the ghetto, like. E-Harmony. It's like... The, oh, E-Harmony is a little more expensive, right? I'm going to have right. to go on E-Harmony, I think. OkCupid is free, right? OkCupid is free. Yeah, I don't want to pay for it. So, there's no restrictions. Yeah, well... I know... Uh, I think it's E-Harmony gets used a lot in the new Ben Stiller movie. Okay. you got to write good, great things about... Like, what, what do you got lined up? Great guy, great father... What else? Musician. Gigging. You're gigging around. Gigging. You don't put that. You're in a kiss band, right? Yes, I do. And I put my picture up. No, that's going to make you look like a lunatic. That's yeah. not good. No. But they're going to see me sooner or later if they get serious. Yeah, if they get sooner serious. Sooner or later. But once they get to know you, they're like, then they can accept that. But if someone said to me, um, hey, your sister is dating a guy who's in a kiss tribute band. I'd be like, what the fuck now? <laughs> hey, you know, don't we have enough problems? I have a picture on OkCupid of me on Silver Cup Studios playing the drums. Me regular. And then me in the kiss. kiss I think you I playing, guess that's the one. Uh, yeah, I think it's the tribute band. That that's looks, getting me. Because it's almost looking like... You know, just like I wouldn't hear that she was like hanging out with a guy who like reenacted Civil War things. You know what I mean? Like it, the Kiss tribute looks more like fantasy more than being a musician. Now, if I got to know the guy and I'm like, oh, he's a great dude, and then I heard he's in a Kiss tribute band, well, then I'd be like, oh, that's fucking cool. That's great. But like, we're at we went to Atlanta to do Dragon Con in yeah. uh, late August, early September. And there's so many women walking around with their boyfriends, all dressed up, all crazy. I go, how come I can't find like a crazy chick like this? You want a crazy chick for yourself? Well, someone that's you know will like dress up like that or something like dress that. Dress up like what? Leather? No, no. They get dressed up in these crazy outfits, uh, Star Trek outfits. And I'm worried that you want to. It seems like you want to date Lene because she's <laughs> into that. It's you're looking for I'm a cosplayer. No, no, I'm just trying no. to say. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to make him feel uncomfortable about himself. On your qualities, did you put down sneaking around people's backs to yeah, get in here? I, I, I do. I do that. Stop it. Oh, oh. What yeah. does that even mean? I feel bad about this visit. I want to be polite to Lene, but I know that uh, when we have people go through Chris Stanley to come mm -hmm. in, yeah. it's not polite to go behind their back and say, hey, is Chris really just blowing me off? Do you really have guests booked that day, or can I still come in? Um, Did I say that? I don't think you said any of those things. And here's the thing. I go back with Mikey long before I knew Chris. I wouldn't just it think be, it's disrespectful to Chris. Wouldn't it be... Uh, me and Mikey's relationship has nothing to do with Chris. 
uh, we go back pre-Chris. It would almost be weird if Mikey said to Chris, hey, can I stop by and see Ron? That would seem strange to me. I think I, I think it's just a polite way to be. If Chris handles who comes in and when they and what when are they you do, angry about? I just see a, a pattern of behavior continuing here. I no, I contacted Chris, you a couple you feel, of weeks ago. I feel like I'm being dragged in the middle. of You this are whole dragged thing. into no, the middle. Not, of it's it. too no. late now. You yeah. come off looking like a dick right yeah, now. Yeah, now I look. Like, thanks, thanks everyone. Well, <laughs> you can blame me. No, oh, no, I, I do. I fucking talked with fucking Mikey. Everything, everything well, turned out. And fine. then Mikey doesn't believe your answers when you say no. You can't come in on a certain day. That was a full. different time. Yeah, that was literally it was a different last month. time. Yes, but last month we were booked up. Today we're not. And I said, but he okay. didn't believe Chris when Chris told him that. I think it's that? rude. How do you know that I didn't believe him? I know. <laughs> I don't think you that's do. Not me. That's one was in the summer, and I do remember we had three guests that day. And you were booked. Uh, we're booked. And that wasn't good enough for Mikey, because it never is, so go around Chris's back to Ronnie. I don't understand why you're upset. Hmm. We're talking about the winners. Of, well, now you won't even make eye contact with them. I don't know what to say. And why do you still, if you're so unhappy, why do you still send presents to Lene? <laughs> Lene doesn't have anything to do with this. I you're talking Lene. to her dad. If I was somewhere and someone was disrespecting my dad, I'd go fucking nuts. If someone said to me, I like you, but not your dad, I'd be like a crazy man. You shouldn't act that way. Now, um, but we've been, I've been doing a thing with Lene for at least 12 years <laughs> where she'll get a present oh. <laughs> from Ron and Fez and she'll write and she'll go, uh, thank you for the birthday present. I always go, what birthday? <laughs> Always right back. But the fact of the matter is, I still believe that to this day. I'm always surprised. That's an point with that. I have no idea. April 5th. Every year? Every year. That's leap year, you know. <laughs> April 5th is leap year. <laughs> this got very uncomfortable. I tried to go in a whole other way. Get us out of it. Was it working? What an idea. Do you hate... Do you hear someone say stuff like to your dad now? It's going on for, what, 10 years we're trying to figure it out? 2005. Holy shit. I think I've, uh, I've coped. Oh, you're kind of like okay. shut down. I'm okay. <laughs> mm. uh, Corey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How we doing? Good. Uh, Fez, uh, I'm a big fan of yours, and I've... Listen to the show forever. I know you and Mikey D or Mikey have your uh, problems and everything, but dude, you're a bully today. I've never heard you talk so much and be such a bully ever on the show. Like you've talked more than probably in the last six months as, as I've listened to the show, and everything that's come out of your mouth has been negative and mean. I don't think I'm bullying. I'm just putting it out there. I don't think it's a bully tactic. I think it's. I think that's a bullying thing to do to Chris. What? <laughs> Didn't get the answer I wanted no from Chris, idea. so he doesn't count. Go around his Fe back. Fez, that was a month ago. This is a different bullied. date. We had a guest earlier, and then we had free time. It's for Columbus Day for Lene. Yeah. This is... School's closed. Right. Why he... Mikey could come anytime. He wants to come in when he could bring Lene. He wants us to see Lene all grown up. He's going to have her... Uh, she's going to dance for us after the show. Uh, they do a thing they call the inappropriate dance. That I didn't know. Yeah. See? I can't wait for it. It's always like inappropriateness. 
Are you upset about this? I want you to come to me. Okay. Rather than have Fez bring it up on the air. Yeah, I don't. Why, since 2005, you and Mikey had a fight. Why hasn't it been dropped, Fez? Because You're it's like things f- like this that keep going. Everyone says, oh, get back together, bury the hatchet. Then another thing like this comes along, and I see that. Nothing's changed. It's happened all along the way. Oh, Earl didn't get me uh, backstage passes, so I'm going to oh be my pissed. God. Oh, my God. That wasn't backstage passes. Oh, my God. This is something made up in your head, I think. Whoa. I'm going to tell you the truth, Fez, at the risk of sounding racial. You're a Scotsman. That's exactly what you are. I got them in my family, and they can't, they love a fight too much to drop one. You're acting like a Scotsman. Well, that's where the family, that's where Grandma came from. Yeah. You need to rise above it. Why is this fight? Why are you going? Earl doesn't even work here anymore. Earl hasn't been here in four years. I'm just pointing out a pattern of behavior that hasn't changed over the past eight years. Simple as that. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. This all started the night you made him cry. But you weren't even there when he cried, right? No, I called up. (laughs) Christ. March March 31st, 2005. That was the last sane day of my... That was the last (laughs) sane morning of my life. That morning I woke up and sanity and madness started from that point on. Because I had never seen Fez cry. And then since then, the waterworks have always been ready. And now you're you're not even sad. You're angry. You're furious. Yeah. What is it that you want, Fez? What would end this? I don't. Um. For me to die. <laughs> it's ended. As and far as I'm concerned, I have no intention of rekindling anything. But I mean, ending the fighting. It's yeah. stupid. Burying the hatchet. Maybe if Mikey quit doing these things. Look at his angry eyes. Look at his angry eyes. You have seriously angry eyes. I can't see them, but they feel angry. There's no reason to be. Mm. I'm sorry, Chris. Nothing to be sorry about, Mikey. Someone wrote up the that we're going through these things. Uh, the, the Tom Petty photo of him winning the Indianapolis 500 in 72. Now, how many of us think that Tom Petty actually won the Indy uh, 500? Oh, uh, Nick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, Mike, you want to go over there and put your dick in Fez's mouth and shut him the fuck up? He'll be happy. Oh, oh, come Jesus. on, hey, man. Hey, hey. My daughter's here. Hey, there's a young lady Classy. here. She doesn't even know about those things. Oh, wow. She hasn't learned about oral or anal yet. <laughs> hmm. I wonder. No. You, what is he accusing of? He's, a, he's accusing of having anal. That is inappropriate. <laughs> All right, you guys can... No, you feel like he's a bad dad? I thought the thing that he said where no one will date him because of Lene yeah. was really low. Okay. I thought that was awful. So that, you think he's a bad father? I, I thought that was a bad, bad moment in father-daughter history. Right. Is your mom with anybody now, Lene? No. Not from my knowledge. I'm going to give you my card. <laughs> <laughs> See if she... I do not have... <laughs> Fez, why would you judge somebody else's parenthood? 
I'm just judging the comment. I know how I would feel if someone said I I ruined their life. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, I was about to tell you that statement <laughs> in just a second. <laughs> See, what, it, not everyone knows this, but Fez yeah. and Mikey and I used to hang out together all the time. See, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I my emails or Mikey had nothing to do with any of this. I would say that you're a hundred percent correct. It's just I just I'm just because, thinking that right now. Uh, I remember you said, "Could uh, Mikey and Lene want to come in?" Because Lene was rec- uh, uh, recuperating, and we looked at the schedule after the show. Here's the problem: we made we did it in front of Fez, and we said we can't we can't get anyone in. Like tomorrow, I got three people. Uh, booked, we couldn't have them in tomorrow. Certainly isn't personal, nor was it taken personal by Mikey. No, everything's fine. There's an email chain, everything's okay. Except with Fez. Fez has this thing, him and Mikey go back down to 2005. Eight years. That's a long haul. That's a long time. And I will tell you this, with the little presents that you get from Fez... He'll, he'll always say, let's see if, if her dad gets her something that nice. So every one of those presents is an attack on your dad. It's spite presents. Yeah. Where's your mom living now? Uh, she lives like a few uh, blocks away. She's back in Astoria. Oh, is she really? Yeah, man. Yeah. So you see her around the town? I hardly see her. No. no. But when you do, it's like... I just stay across the street, man. But inside, everything just collapses, and you feel your knees <laughs> shake. Uh, it doesn't collapse anymore. It's just, it is what it is. Mm. So she still looks good, though, right? Who, my mom? Yeah. I guess. Mm. Mm. That's great. Oh, she's going back to Weight Watchers, so that's, mm. uh, that's a good thing. All right. They, everyone bullies everybody around <laughs> It's all a <laughs> Um, Jake, you're on the run of Fez show. <laughs> Hey, right. Uh, I just want to point out the irony that Fez is being critical of someone's behavior that hasn't changed in eight years. That's uh, kind of crazy. I don't know if I see that as ironic. Oh, now I know oh. why it's ironic. Um, ben, you're on the run of Fez show. Just about the same thing. The only pattern of behavior I've seen in the last eight years is that, is that Fez hasn't done shit for this radio show. All right. And you have. Fez, you should be ashamed what? of yourself. That makes sense. Who was the Ron and Ben show that accused him? <laughs> um, this is what's happening here. Is why I think that uh, that football <laughs> game went so crazy. It's fucking weird. In that is this room? the kind of stuff that happened? I am going to take ECU uh, Pirates ban away. Good. There, no one will be banned. All right, it should be wide open for everyone to enjoy themselves. Next Sunday, no. Oh. Well, we're going to shut it down. We're going to use it as like the government, and we're going to stop the World War II people <laughs> from coming in to see a rock that reminds them. But we want to see a stuff. quad box. We're going to retool. Good. I see this more as an ESPN Monday night thing, and we oh. dropped the quad box, and we dropped the, the, the Hanson. It leads to too much pain. Um, here's Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Fez, what's wrong with you? Are you jealous oh, because wrong. someone's having a real conversation with Ron and you're incapable of it, Mr. Dead Air? 
That has nothing to do with it. It is. Well, what is it? Has Fez? everything to do with it. Where's the beef? Is it for him talking to me? No. I yeah. I just get annoyed. I get annoyed that uh, these things keep happening. Because I'm talking to Mikey, it doesn't change the way I feel about you, Fess. Do you understand that, right? I realize that, yes. I bet you must have been something when your mom got pregnant again. I bet you just hit the ground. Can I have a DMC, Fess? Sure. He always has a nice DMC for me. It's a good product. Oh, were you surprised this happened today, Mikey? Yes, you I'm very surprised. surprised. I never am with Fess. I'm never surprised anymore. <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised. I'm just dragged into this whole thing for no real reason, really. I mean... I mean, I didn't make any big deal out of it that you had three guests. <laughs> it's just a booking. It's all it's just a booking. It's a scheduling thing. That's it. No one noticed but you, Fess. I noticed it right away. I said, same old. <laughs> same old as what? Same old as, oh, Earl didn't get me into poison. Oh, oh I got to hijack Polo's movie. <laughs> what? I was a star. Oh, I must stay at your house. Your grandmother died, but I must stay at your house. Oh, boy. Picking up... Uh... So once every two years, he does something that annoys you. We've got why do you care about Polo's movie? I hijacked it, right? I yes. Was, I was brilliant in that movie. She was brilliant. Did brilliant. the movie get done? Yeah, I actually have a copy of it in my room. Good. I hope you have an acting career and that comes back to haunt you. <laughs> I think it will. Because that's just stuff they do to people. Yeah, like, remember this? Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, Brad Pitt, he's a big star. Here's a movie with him blowing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever say anything about Fez coming out? No. Mm. He did. Although he still doesn't date either. That's what... All three of you guys We're are undateable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not one of your dates. Maybe you could... I haven't had the first date yet. Maybe you could be with Mikey, and then the two of you could raise Lene for the last two years. These last awkward years that she's going through. <laughs> her little body changing. Do it. <laughs> they should do that. <laughs> it Move. sounds very odd when you say, do it. Do it. Move to Astoria. You'd be happy in Astoria. Yeah, Astoria's nice, man. Here's our buddy, John. He's got some advice. Go ahead, John. Hey, I think what might be able to fix this is if Fez and Mikey are forced to hug. You can't hate someone you just hugged. Mm. I don't that's think a, that's going to happen, John. I have no intention of doing that. <laughs> oh, come on. What's wrong with a hug? I Weren't you guys best friends at one time? At this point. No. <laughs> wow. You don't think that you were ever best friends? No. Wow. I thought the three of us were best friends. I'm best friends with you. I don't think that's true anymore either. But I do like these DMCs. And I like that they're readily available. There's plenty more where that came from. Mm. What? Your dad's death has helped this show's breath immensely. It's constantly just fucking minty. By the way, I noticed this about Chris. When he goes out for a smoke break, he goes out for two. Yeah. He's got to get the, gotta get all the nicotine he, he can. Gets, yeah, he yeah. smokes two before he goes back up. Yep, yep, one after another. I light the last one with the, with the fucking whole <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get, I'm trying to fuck it, you know, 
I don't get that much time out there. I want to fucking make sure it works. You reminded me that, like, when you're a little kid, that you would light your cigarette off another person's cigarette. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's only children that would do that. <laughs> you know you're not old enough to smoke if you think that's an acceptable way to light a cigarette. Do you see we got the first e-cigarette um, bar coming in? Yeah. In New York? They're going to, um, it's, yeah, just a, fuck, a spot dedicated to people smoking e-cigarettes, and they, like, I guess make their own flavors or whatever. It's We're going to go down. Thing. Yeah, we should, hell yeah, let's go down there. Actually, it's in Soho, so we'll do a thing where we go to Parm, and then we go over to Eastegs. That sounds like a wonderful fucking day. How many dinners you enough, Fez? Fourteen. Yeah. It doubled last week. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, I called to make reservations at Florio's, and I said if I couldn't get us in, I would double the amount of dinners from seven. I didn't know when I was calling, and no one answered that the restaurant had closed for good. Mm, I hate that. Fred in Virginia, you're on the Run of Fez show. 866-5050 contract. Oh, God. That has to be Radio Shark. Yeah, still hate him after all these years. <laughs> hate him more now than we ever did. That's been going on as, as long back as we're talking about here, like 10, 12 years. What a fucking crazy ass. Spies the Radio Shark. <laughs> fucking... Just a cocksucker. Excuse me, Lene. That's Sorry. too late. Wow. <laughs> she hasn't even done that yet, right, Lene? Oh, God. Oh, please. <laughs> That's one of the three places you put a penis. <laughs> sexually. Well, you know, four and five with hands. You know? That's disgusting. Oh, yeah, She's jobs. a nice girl. I didn't act like any of those. Were, the three were going to be all at the same time. But I'm giving her a little thing because it's too awkward for you to have these conversations the, with your dad, right? The, the talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have never had the talk? Uh, we've spoken a, a bit about yeah. this. Jesus. But I think her mom takes care of it. Good. That's good. What's breaking news? Uh, they're just showing the White House. Oh. oh, the meeting's postponed. Not good. There we go. I was I was hoping that we would never um, be able to pull anything together with our government. Uh, Rob, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, listen. I agree 100% with Fezzi on this. Get that broke dick motherfucker out of there. He's he a piece of shit. Dick. All right? He fucking showed up at Eastside Day's house starting shit with him. Says he's 100% right. This guy takes advantage of everybody. What happened Ronnie, when you, you, you showed up at Eastside Dave's house? What? Yeah, yeah, we were messing around, man. <laughs> what the Wait, fuck? he doesn't know about that? Do I not know about it or did I forget? I think you forgot. I Why did you go over there? Oh, just to, like, you know. Scare him? Fuck him around, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he was what? in Astoria. It was he, was a, he was in the ass end of Astoria, to be honest. Yeah, that's it was like true. A half hour walk to the fucking subway. But there was once. It was awful. It was a story, though. How far you live from Mikey? Like what? 10 blocks, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in like uh, the Long Island City Astoria border, but that lot better off than. So you confuse me. I always thought Long Island City was down right here across the bridge. The, yeah, like on the bottom mm -hmm. of that. But you're way up. You're like about. Where would you be in the eighties if you want to if you swam across the river? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, if I, yeah, if I would just walk down to the water. I don't think of that as Long Island City. It is though. Yeah, yeah. It's the border, even with where I am. So everything that rolls along the water is Long Island City. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, it's great to see you guys again. Uh, same here, man. I'm glad we made it all so. Um, it's very pleasant. It's very pleasant. 
Uh, Lynette, you're off today, huh? Yeah. You got a 99% in school? Yeah. Yeah. You cheating off all the kids? Totally. Good. <laughs> That's Sorry. the only way. If we were in high school, I'd sit next to you, and I'd be like this. Smart girl, do me a favor. Up, and then all kinds of cool things are going to happen. You're going to get to hang out with me. <laughs> You're going to see part of the world you never saw before. See, doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. You just got cool. Figure all that out, but make sure I don't get an A. <laughs> I mean, like a B, B minus. Be smart about it, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> think. Think a little bit. Just think for a second. <laughs> Please. God, what are we doing? And do me a favor, wake me up when the test is over, too. <laughs> I got to get some sleep. I've been under a lot of fucking stress. A lot of duress. All right, Chris, you need to plug anything before we get out of here today? I think we're golden. It's nice. Stay golden, pony boy. We'll also keep posting to the 42. Quinn, yeah. sign Doc Gooden. We're going to have to um, do a countdown with Lenny before she's legal with our listeners. You know, how long till you're... When are you going to be 17th? In April? Yeah. All right, so you're looking about a year and a half before you're totally legal. Mm-hmm. Although, in the state, isn't it 17? Yeah, 17 is legal in New York. All right. I wouldn't risk it though. Age I think that's too dangerous. <laughs> Roll those dice. What's the lowest you? What's the youngest you would date right now, Mikey? Twenty-seven. Yeah. Twenty-seven. Fez, I'm not even going to ask you because that would be really scary. If we're all legal, well. No. <laughs> no, you'd hear about a toddler. <laughs> Fez, I would just want you and Mikey at least to tell each other that you're a good man. No, I'm not going to do that. We can agree to disagree, but you're both good men. Please, Fez. Please. No intention. Would you do me a favor and do it for your dead father? To honor, a way to honor your own dead dad? It's what he would have wanted. It would be like one of the last things they would ever want. And that's the end of my show. Donk. Netflix is back with a brand new comedy special from Russell Peters. Notorious. Netflix's new comedy special starring international stand-up sensation Russell Peters. You heard him on Unmasked. Fantastic, hilarious comedian. So Netflix is hooking up with Russell Peters. They've got the comedy special, Notorious, and the brand new four-part series exclusive to Netflix, Russell Peters versus the World. So it takes you uh, around the world with him on his tour. You get behind-the-scenes footage. And you see all the great outtakes and interviews that Russell's doing as he travels the globe with his family and friends. Don't miss Notorious and Russell Peters versus the World, now streaming and only on Netflix. Netflix, all the great shows. You got Orange is the New Black, House of Cards, Arrested Development. This is the next big thing from Netflix. It's teaming up with Russell Peters for his comedy special Notorious and Russell Peters versus the World, the new four-part series available only on Netflix.